In an alternate 1985 America, costumed superheroes are part of everyday life. When one of his former comrades is murdered, mass vigilante Rorschach uncovers a plot to kill and discredit all past and present superheroes. As he reconnects with his retired associates, Rorschach glimpses a far-reaching conspiracy involving their shared past and catastrophic consequences for the world's future. Welcome to another installment of Midnight Double Feature, and we're going to be covering Zack Snyder's 2009 Watchmen. Colin, I got a question for you, man. Shoot. Uh, this is probably going to be me just being an idiot, but what is the difference between a graphic novel and a comic book? Um, honestly, I'd be kind of sure because I've heard people say like a comic book is just, you know, it's kind of like the monthly installments of it. And, you know, because Watchmen was kind of broken up that way. I guess it's, it's individual issues versus like a whole collection of them, I guess. I, th- I think that's what it is. Right, yeah, because I've always wondered, like, uh, I mean, everyone always refers to, um, I mean, it, it is, I guess, by definition, it's 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 the Watchmen graphic novel, it's not the Watchmen comic book, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I'm always like, I was like, oh, what, what the hell is it called that? But anyway, guys, welcome back, we're uh, doing, we're, we're covering <laughs> Watchmen today, if you haven't noticed. Um, yeah, uh, let's just fucking dive right into what our history is with Watchmen uh, because this is a big bitch. Um, so we don't mm. want to we don't want to beat around the bush too much. Colin, t- talk to me about your history with Watchmen and uh, you know your your sort of opening impressions of the movie as well. Um, well, <clears throat> Watchmen. I, I I never read the comic book um, until probably like 2014, probably like four or five years ago. Uh, but I did go see the movie in theaters when it came out because I remember uh, I was at, I, I was in college and right across the street was the movie theater. And we were like, man, you know, I was hanging out with a bunch of theater kids, and you know, we were all just just really drawn to this movie. There was something about it. We're like, this looks so much different, you know, than than what's coming out right now. Um, and I remember seeing it and, and being kind of blown away. It didn't really leave like such a big impression with me. Like the first time around that I saw it, um, I remember really liking it and remember, you know, but it was, it was just my first time seeing it. I didn't watch it again for like years. And then I think at some point I found it in a $5 bin, scooped it up, went home and, you know, watched it. And, uh, that was years later and it just blew me away. I was like, wait, how did this not resonate more with me the first time that I saw it? Like maybe I was just, cause you know, I think, I think just a year before the dark Knight had come out and this is a very different superhero. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Year after, um, but it's like so much was so much was going on with superhero films at the time and this one really stood out in a in a good way and in a bad way sometimes i think i think it went over people's heads a little bit the first time because it's not really what you're expecting if you haven't read the graphic novel or um are really into you know alan moore's the whole body of work like you don't really know what to expect um i was i was definitely blown away and I, I I remember liking it but it just wasn't until years later that I mean I am like full blown into fucking Watchmen now um, like I've been drawing up like tattoos and like wanting to like get some, get some fucking ink done for Watchmen because it's just it's so good you know it's 
Yeah, it's one of Times Times number one or, or Times top one hundred best selling novels of all time. Um, it's I was reading that when they re, when the Watchmen movie was coming out when they released it that they re released the graphic novel and that there were multiple like stores like Barnes and Noble who were like we're out. Like we just sold out of Watchmen. Uh, it just blew the fuck up again. And I, I I love it now. I mean, I think it's uh, – is the f- movie one of the best superhero films of all time? Like yes and no. Um, but is the graphic novel, the like in my opinion, the best story? Yeah, I think, I think it's the best superhero story that I've personally ever read. I mean, that's still – that's not a whole lot. That's like a bucket into a pond. You know, there's, there's so much more than I need to read. But I do think it's the best superhero story like told because we're just beat to death by, you know, just just the, the way comic book stories have been forever. You know, you swing in, you save the girl, you beat the bad guy, you're right off into the sunset. And this totally f- took the genre and kind of flipped it on its head um but you know i don't want to go crazy like talking about the comic book but obviously they're just you know the two you can or just you can't you can't exclude them um but i i like this movie a lot um i've got the ultimate cut here which we're also doing a giveaway for by the way um and um i i i love i just love every second of it of the film now it's still it's still not without its problems you know if you love something so much you can realize the flaws with it and still accept it and let it go but i'm a huge watchman fan i think it's great i don't think there's another comic book story that even comes close to this sometimes just in how real it takes uh real it takes its characters and how you know it's we always see these characters as these shiny golden gods when really you know they're probably kind of some fucked up people and it's just great it opens up that door so well i i really love it i really do that's awesome man um so a little bit about my sort of history about it um this came out in 2009 so i was 16 years old um and when I saw the trailer for this, it blew me away. I was like, holy fucking shit, what is this? I think it was um like a th- there was a smashing pumpkins tr- soundtrack to the to the to the back of it at the oh, back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I was like, holy shit, this looks fucking awesome. Like um it just looked like something entirely new and like uh, just just looks really unique, you know? Um so I watched it as a 16-year-old and I dug it. I can't remember if I loved it or not, but mainly because I was 16. Um, Like, uh, I'd just seen Dark Knight, you know, uh, like, I I wasn't really, uh, I didn't really get the sort of philosophical uh, sort of themes that's that's kind of hidden in the back. I didn't really fully understand this time period either. Like, I didn't really know much about the Cold War at the time. Um, I didn't know much about, um, you know, this alternate history that the movie presents and things like that. Um, but that being said, I wanted to find out more. So, um, after this movie came out, I sought out the comic book, uh, sorry, the, the graphic novel. <laughs> I went out and tried to find it, but I couldn't find it. So, uh, one day I actually thought I did and I reserved a copy and I went to the bookshop, picked it up and behind the counter, like I'd saved up for this, by the way, but behind the counter, this lady like, uh, you know, took this book out and I was like, oh, this is pretty big for a comic book. It's basically a, a four kind of like 
horizontal landscape book, um, and it turned out to be like a film companion, like you know, one of those uh, oh. with the with the art and everything, and kind of shows you like the behind the scenes. So you That's know what? Fucking I, wicked. I fucking bought it because mm. it is awesome, and it's sitting in front of here, in front of me here right now. Um, it's fucking awesome, man. Like seriously, there is uh, there's there's like so much insight that this book gives you um i've read it i've read it a few times i've gone through it you know what i would not even be adverse to give this away as a giveaway as well like this thing is uh, i because i don't i can't see myself reading it again Uh, like it just sits there now um and i literally kind of like dug it out like it's just on my bookshelf but um it's got like storyboards, like you see, like some storyboards that Snyder did. Like there's one, there's one note in a storyboard written in pencil. It's like, this is slow mo. <laughs> like as as you'd imagine, Snyder would uh, would be doing. Um, what is that on enough. like every third page? <laughs> yeah, every every third, no, every like third third line for sure, right? <laughs> every third fucking paragraph. <laughs> but but yeah, man, this this um this I think I watched this before I watched the original Dawn of the Dead. So this also introduced me to Zack Snyder as well. Um, and then when I found out that he was directing 2011's Man of Steel, I was like, holy shit! The guy that directed that amazing look looking movie Watchmen is going to be directing Man of Steel. This is fucking match made in heaven, right? Um, it didn't really go that way, but, you know, Man of Steel's it is what it is. It's okay. It's fine. It's not terrible. Um, but, yeah, man, this this movie is a audible and a visual feast. Like, seriously, this is one of the best-looking movies ever made, I think. Mm. Um, I think you can absolutely put that up there. And this, this movie has absolute sort of strokes of genius um and i'm not too sure how much of that comes off from the graphic novel because i've read the graphic novel eventually i sorted out i literally bought it the other day um but i haven't read too much of it because i'm lazy um (laughs) and also i've been binging x files because i've never seen that shit before um but yeah it's um it's a hell of a movie, man. It's uh, it's definitely it's definitely unique. That's the that's the only sort of word that I can use for it. Like you said, I definitely agree with you. It's definitely got its issues, um, uh, which we'll which we'll get into. One of which might be that it's long as shit, and it doesn't need to be long. It doesn't right. need to be this long. Like there are sequences that you can cut out. Um, and this is another thing as well that I kind of dogged on this movie about. Um. So, listening to everyone here knows that I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Um, you know, he's got his own podcast, Fat Man on Batman. Um, the His co-host on there uh, is, is a guy named Mark Bernardin, and he's a writer. He's been writing for... He wrote for Castle Rock, actually, the show. Oh, okay. um, he's a writer. Yeah, he's a writer on that show. Um, he used to work for The Hollywood Reporter. But, like, um, he talks about um, the word adaptation, and the word adap- to adapt something means to literally change. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie doesn't do that enough, I think. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I, th- I, th- I think definitely there's there's treating the source material with you know like a mm-hmm. lot of <clears throat> like with a lot of uh, you know respect. Uh, yeah, respect. But at the same time, it, it can't be every time you go to, to do a shot, you're looking at the comic book. Is this right? Is this look okay? Like, is this cool? You know, blah blah. blah. Like, yeah. I, and, I, and I I think that I, I I see what you mean. Like, I think that there's a lot of stuff that's like just verbatim, like shot for shot. Um, whereas, like like you said, it's an adapt 
perception it's supposed to evolve into this other medium uh and i i i think that <clears throat> i think that it does it better than it gets a reception for oh, but at the same not. but at the same time yeah it, there's a couple it's like dude ease off that gas pedal like just a little bit yeah it, it does it does work to its detriment a little bit because i mean you want to say i mean as a filmmaker if you were Zack Snyder wouldn't you wouldn't you be like okay what can i bring to the table like i mean sure you can bring the amazing visuals and the the sound and the the graphics whatever the hell but you're not really telling something new you're not taking the source material and making and telling your own sort of story on it your own sort of twist on it you're mm-hmm. just basically telling us uh, it's basically the comic book in a visual medium in a more uh, in, in a movie right um that's right and it's 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 great it. to see that it's great to be like okay yeah we're just going to do the shot for shot like i love this so much and like that's really cool and that's really great but like i can go out and buy the graphic novel and you're never going to get this movie to look exactly like that graphic novel like and you sh- and you shouldn't and you know that's that's the whole i think the whole point of it is like dude don't be afraid like Ed, people are going to hate you for doing this anyways it's one of the it's one of the most praised comic book stories of all time you're going to get shit on dude you might as well do it your way and get shit on yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I do think this movie gets uh, too much flack. Uh, I mean, it's only sixty four on Rotten Tomatoes, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's somewhere it should sit around maybe seventy five to eighty. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Probably eighty, um, just because it's it, it it's it's uh, you can attribute all of its uh, story stuff to the graphic novel, but it's still a very clever movie. Um, and there are sick, there are whole chunks of this movie where I'm just like absolutely enamored, and I'll, I'll definitely get, I'll definitely touch on those parts because those, uh, holy shit, man! There <laughs> touch are, like, on those whole, parts. Uh, <laughs> throwing it back to Jurassic Park, uh, the podcast where I was like <laughs> oh, touching dude. the kids. <laughs> that was such a great way to start this motherfucking show, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I die <laughs> laughing thinking about that sometimes. I'm like, eh, uh, me that- too. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, holy shit, we just scared off most of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! But yeah, man, uh, you ready to dive into this bitch? Yeah, motherfucker. All right. Um, so we start off with uh, some pretty awesome, like the you get the yellow logos, which is cool. Um, obviously that's based off the the uh, the the graphic novel um, because the theme is yellow and black. But anyway, I've spent way too much time on this already. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this opening sequence, there's not. Um, I'm just going to jump right into the comedian's death. I mean, you do get a little sort of preamble as to where we are in terms of um, in terms of where the world is. So basically, this is an alternate history kind of thing. Um, it's it's kind of what if what if uh, America had won uh, the Vietnam War? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, what if what if uh, and and dude, I, I fucking love that. Like we were talking off air um, last week. I was playing a. Uh, Wolfenstein, the new Wolfenstein games, and that those basically work off the premise that uh, you know, what if the Nazis had won uh, World War Two? Yeah, uh, and you suggested the Man in the High Castle to me, which I still haven't had a look at, into yet. But um, dude, I absolutely love, 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 love alternate history, like things like that. That's so science fiction to me because obviously it's not, it's not reality. I mean, you know, um, right? Yeah, I fuck, I, I love that. I love taking it and just yeah. St- turning it just a hair like what you know what if we to drop these bombs here instead yeah. of on you know hiroshima and nagasaki yeah. like, oh wow okay doesn't it remind you of like back to the future 2 when like they they come back to 1985 and it's all like a uh, uh, fucking destroyed and shit 
Um, yeah, it, it, it's like just a little bit different from everything. It yeah. feels like home, but it's like you yeah. just know it deep down. Like it looks like it, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, but this except this is like drastic, right? Like this is literally like the Russians have uh, nuked, like have got like I think it says they launched nukes or something. I think oh, they're, no, testing, they're, they're testing nukes uh, in Alaska, but the, it's crazy because in the in the graphic novel, the, the 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 history, the alternate history goes a little bit further to where by sixty. Three Doctor Manhattan's making electric cars, and everyone's driving these electric cars and smoking like electric cigarettes, like or vapes, basically now. And it's like, holy fuck, man! Like that's it's it's crazy how far that 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 uh, alternate history thing kind of goes. It's fucking nuts. But yeah, they're basically shooting off nukes off the coast of the Alaska. I think like sixteen hundred miles away from the U.S. So it's definitely raising some eyebrows from the U.S. For sure, man. Um- but yeah, that's that's basically the setting. We get uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, who's playing the comedian. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is awesome. He obviously plays Negan in Walking Dead. He's from Supernatural. He's from a whole load of things. He's he kills it in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, he like he, obviously he ki- he gets killed at the start, but this isn't a movie that's you know taken cons- uh, uh, sequentially, right? Like we get flashbacks and shit like that and he kills right. a man you like he's just you hate him so much but then like later when he's like crying in front of Moloch you kind of like sympathize with him a little bit um, yeah about as much as you can for like a woman beater a, rapist a, like a, a rape, rapist <laughs> like, murderer child baby murderer yeah yeah it's like dude um, I mean it, and it's so great he's such a good personification of like you would be a pretty fucked up individual to him and Rorschach both you know and it's like you would mm. have to be a really fucked up individual to be doing this stuff and they're they're the ones who I feel like most successful at it, you know, like Rorschach has kept going and kept yeah. going and kept going. Comedians working for the government and he's been in the military. Um, so it's like in order to do this, it's kind of like these are the two most fucked up people we have, but they are the ones who are like uncompromising and and like set in their ways. I think there's something uh, to be said about that because not only they're like the most successful ones, it seems like they're the ones who don't like, I don't know, like where she have like Silk Spectre and Night Owl and they're all kind of, you know, they're both kind of like, I don't know if i'm what i'm doing is right these guys are like no i know what the fuck i'm doing you know that's that's what i love about, especially with adrian veidt as well i like i like that a lot about these characters you would have to be kind of crazy to do this and they're all kind of fucked up in their own right well it kind of makes you think right i mean like how fucked up mentally would bruce wayne need to be to dress up as a bat Right. <laughs> every mm-hmm. night and beat criminals to a pulp. Um, so this kind of shows that in a more gritty and realistic way, I guess, right? Like you um, uh, you obviously can't show Batman being a, a rapist, but I mean, like, you know, um, I, I guess the, the mentality is on that level, right? With these yeah, guys, yeah, for sure. Like it's, you know, they're it's like. Uh, I think I think Dean said it really well in the. I think it's the Silver Bullet bonus episode on from LSU Media, and he was talking about cops. He's like, obviously, you know, like any profession, you're going to have a couple of them that are just dickheads, and it's kind mm-hmm. of like the same thing with these superheroes. Like a lot of these guys are, you know, outstanding people, especially from the Minutemen. You know, not so much from the Watchmen, but. Um, you know, a lot of them were out, kind of, you know, upstanding people, and that you definitely see a, a, a distinction between the two groups. You're like, holy fuck! Like this is, you know, because up until the Minutemen, there's really no alternate history, and then when the Watchmen come in, that's where shit gets kind of fucky. Um, yeah. But dude, the fucking soundtrack on this movie. Oh, um, dude. 
Dude, I mean, right away you've got Unforgettable. That is, I love any kind of, you know, it's kind of like stuck in the middle in Reservoir Dogs or Tiptoe Through the Tulips and in, uh, Insidious. Like I Insidious, love yeah. any kind of like mashup that's not, it's like what I'm hearing is not connecting with what I'm seeing. And it makes it even more powerful. Um, and straight from, you know, that we go into like Bob Dylan and stuff like that. But dude, I mean, you've got Smashing Pumpkins, My Chemical Romance, Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I mean, 99 Luff Balloon. There's so much fucking music in this movie, and it's crazy. Not to mention the music that they actually had composed. I think it seems Philip Glass. Um, but the soundtrack is fucking incredible. Definitely give it a listen. It's good shit, man. Seriously, it, it definitely stands out. Um, but yeah, we, we get this entire sequence. Uh, basically, it's uh, the comedian getting his ass beat. This is mm. fucking brutal, this whole scene. Fuck yeah. Um, like, like Snyder, Snyder establishes the violence, like, straight away, like, you know. But he also establishes the, the, the visual style. Like, we got a lot of slow motion sequences. Um, this is obviously Adrian uh, that's beating him, but we don't know her yet. Um, mm. I've got a question, though. Why does it seem like they're overpowered? Aren't they supposed to be sort of like, humans besides dr manhattan like why can the comedian punch through a a a, a fucking wall right yeah it's like i think that's one thing that people kind of took uh issue with and he's he's just kind of like that you know you watch the batman versus superman uh warehouse fight scene and there's a lot of that there's a lot of kicking people like into walls from several feet away and sending people flying and it it is good filmmaking and, and you know you can you can buy into i think if he just I think if he just backed off the gas pedal again, just a little bit, mm. like back off just a little bit, dude. Like I, I believe this guy could probably punch a wall and about break through it, but I don't think he could punch fucking elbow deep into the next wall behind him. Like Jesus, that's dude. right. Yeah, um, and the way the way sort of Vite just kind of lifts him and you know throws him through the plate glass window. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's like fucking dead. like especially when a uh, comedian takes the corner off that thing when they're yeah. you know I was like dude Jesus Christ you know and and it's kind of cool you know maybe in the moment um, you know you might be able in a last ditch like I'm about to die effort like pump out some strength like that if it meant your life depended on it but these people seem to be able to do it on a fucking Tuesday at seven thirty in the morning you know <laughs> they're just like oh man whatever I can just you know, yeah. you know dip right into my Hulk strength and fucking knock somebody's teeth yeah. down to their asshole let me summon my in a Hulk, but um, right. yeah, man, I love these shots. the The shot of the blood coming down onto this uh, onto the smiley pin, mm-hmm. uh, and the smiley pin just following his body as it falls down. And we get a zoom in on the smiley pin, um, and then we, dude, we cut into probably my, one of my favorite sequences in the entire movie. That's this Bob Dylan montage. Mm-hmm. This dude, that's is great. incredible. Holy shit, man. Um, it feels like vintage comic book stuff, right? Like, uh, like the way, the way these photos are like being taken. Like, there's that photo of like the comedian. He's got his arm wrapped around like the the the, the bank robber, and he's holding the. The, he's got the, the the cigar in his mouth, just smiling with the Tommy gun. It's so good, dude. Yeah, they all feel like like Norman Rockwell paintings. You know, yes. they all feel like this like very Christmassy kind of like everything's big and you know perfect and golden and beautiful. You know, and I think it's but as the images go on, you know, they get subtly worse and and you know it's yeah at first we're these really cool guys and by the end of it, you know, all the times they are changing. Like, dude, shit's getting fucking bad. You know, and you can kind of tell. Um, there's one thing I wonder if you caught it. Um, it's when Night Owl is. I think it's the very first one where he's knocking, knocking the guy out, and there's a couple behind him to his left. If you if you pay attention to this, if you look, 
over Night Owl's shoulder to the right are a bunch of Batman posters on the wall. A bunch Ooh, of them. And then I didn't say that. He's knocking this he's knocking this guy out with a gun and behind him are a couple, a man and a woman. And a lot of people have been like I think they've asked Zack Snyder, is that are, is that Bruce and Martha? And he said, Yeah. That's why there's no Batman and there, there's that's why there's no Batman in this world because there's there they stopped they stopped his parents from being murdered in like the forties or something. Um, dude, that's fucking crazy. Dude, it, it, it like there's so much meta shit in this. Well, like we, we also oh we God. also didn't we also forgot to mention that I um, that's relevant because you know this is a DC comic, right? This is right, yeah. uh, the graphic novel was produced by DC, so mm-hmm. and you got Jeffrey Morgan playing fucking Thomas Wayne like years later yeah. in Batman vs yeah, Superman, yeah, yeah. And hopefully um, one day, one day in a Flashpoint movie, I got my fingers crossed. I, I just, uh, God, I'd love to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Batman, dude. I'd die you, a happy you, man. You and Matt Vella both. Um, <laughs> so the Minutemen, they take a photo. Uh, and at the back, it's like 1940. So, were the Minutemen established because of the World War Two? Because of World War Two? I think it's just. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's because of World War Two. I don't. I don't know if there's any correlation with that. I just know that because uh, Hollis Mason kind of gives him a little bit of an explanation. You know, when he's having drinks with um, Dan uh, Dan Dryberg, and he's like, you know, so you know, they thought it was funny. They dress up in pirate costumes or goats and ghosts, and uh, you know, as soon as we'd rest them, they'd be right out. So a couple of us cops got together and thought, hey, why don't we dress up? You know, and I think that's what originated, and you know, it, it kind of just became like a campy thing, but then. Hollis Mason kind of was like, no, we can, you know, we can do this. Like, we can definitely do this. Uh, and I think that's where it came from. I don't know if it's World War II per se, but I think it's just a sense of like community, you know, kind of, you know, whatever that positive bullshit is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, that carries over to some realistic, uh, some pretty realistic shit, right? Like, we got the, uh, the mental health, uh, sorry, the men, the fucking psych wagon. Oh, the guy Mothman. being carried off. Mothman, that's right. He's being carried over. Uh, what's her name? Uh, she's like dead with her misses, and it's like oh, walls on the sil- wall. Silhouette, I think. Yeah, I couldn't get all of these names. Um, there's a lot, man. I mean, there is a lot. And there's multiple. There's Night Owl 2. There's Silk Spectre 2. Like- oh, hold on. Well, yeah. Hollis. Uh, sorry. Night Owl 1 says Night Owl, Dollar Bill, Mothman, Hood of Justice, Captain Metropolis, mm. Silk Spectre, and the Comedian were mm. the, the Minutemen. But, um, okay. I think we can both agree the best part of the montage, Colin, is the JFK assassination. Right? Come on. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I absolutely. Cause, shit. I mean, for one thing, the, the, the violence and his, just the of his head exploding. Oh. I was like, fuck, man. Like, well, that's I, on the Zapruder film. So, like, that that wasn't too much. Like, it was just like, it was more like just the, the smart kind of panning over to to the comedian as he, like, you know, <laughs> uh, it was good. I love it. Cause shit. they always say that somebody saw some smoke from the grassy knoll and it's just him uh, puffing on that cigar. I'm like, ah, it's good. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Um, also we get a shot of like a guy who walks past young Rorschach. Um, and he kind of like tussles his hair and I'm like, holy shit. I hope he washed his hands. Yeah. Right. And like, <laughs> Oh dude. Yeah. Do you know uh, who that kid is by the way? No. That's Zack Snyder's son. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So now he's got cum stained hair. That's yeah, awesome. Right? Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Badass. Badass. Um, <laughs> I just wrote, the JFK assassination has me wet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what always gets me as well during this uh, montage is the peace rally flower in the rifle. Like, just the mm. base of the rifles is is, is cool. Um, 
astronaut Gorski sees Dr. Manhattan on the moon and Nixon is elected for a third time. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, can we talk about Nixon? Do you want to talk about him here? <laughs> Just very quickly, I, I, I don't I don't hate the way that he looks. Like, I, I, I love Futurama and, you know, Nixon's always been president in Futurama, you know, and I love I love the, the, the whoever does the impression of him on Futurama. This guy seems like a kind of like second rate party impersonator. Like he's got like his <laughs> his nose is way too long and rubbery and like Dude, flimsy at points. His nose. He looks – His nose is uh, fucking uh, weird. It's like plasticine. Yeah, right. And it's like – I mean maybe they're trying to kind of like superimpose it and make him seem a little bit more ridiculous because, you know, that's that's just their feelings about him. Obviously, Nixon wasn't, you know, the most perfect person in the world. But I think that maybe they might be over-exaggerating it a little bit. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I just you – know, the, the, I love the last gasp of the Harvard establishment. And I'm like, dude, goddamn. Like, calm – you're like two steps away from Danny DeVito's penguin. Like, calm the <laughs> fuck down, dude. <laughs> you are so fucking close. <laughs> Yes, yes. Oh, good lord. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we we get these cops who are investigating the uh, the murder of the comedian. Uh, one of them, I think, says uh, he was built like a linebacker. Is that right? Yeah, he's like six two and two twenty five. I'm like is- Jeffrey Dean Morgan is not built like a linebacker, but okay. Now, yeah, this character maybe, but like, yeah, he's definitely gotten yeah. a lot smaller since this movie came out. Yeah. Um. Rorschach's journal. <laughs> that's you pretty mean, good, you, dude. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> it, it was right, eh? Hey? It was, uh, you know, kind of, kind of drink, got to drink some water now, but Jesus Christ. Um, no, man, uh, we get our introduction to Rorschach, probably the best character in the movie. Mm, I don't know, but I do like, I, I like Rorschach a lot. He's not my favorite, but I, okay. I do think he's, I do think he's one of the best ones, yeah. He's uh he's played by Jackie Earl Haley, who uh played um the new Freddy Krueger in mm. the twenty ten movie. Um he's good, man. He he's he's good in this role. Uh Rorschach as a character himself is I mean, look, all of these characters are pretty one note. Um, I think. They're not a hundred percent fully they don't, you know, delve into the age they do they delve into their psyches and things like that, but like I mean they are for for all intents and purposes. They're all kind of one note, but I think Rorschach kind of goes a bit deeper. Um, like later when we uh, learn about his his past and things like that. I don't know that maybe that's just me. Um, but his his dialogue is dark as fuck. Yeah, he's he's con. Yeah, Lindsay and I were watching this, and uh, she actually just read Watchmen recently, and she was like, "Yeah, she's like, I just I just don't like him because after a while, it's like, okay, it's not every day is not like this, dude. Like, come the fuck down." Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, see, the shit thing is the the copy, like because okay, the way we record these podcasts is we watch the movie and we kind of like just fast forward through. This for some reason, when I hired this, it doesn't have the subtitles, so I can't like ugh, I can't really remember them. I I do remember, um, you know, oh, they'll, yeah, they'll look up, they'll oh, look yeah, up yeah, and yeah, yeah. shout save us, and I'll whisper no. 
I love that. Yeah, his whole thing, you know, dog carcass in alley, tire tire yeah. tread on burst stomach. Oh, uh, all of that shit. Stomach. Is, uh, yeah, and it just like for someone who had such a rough upbringing and a terrible life, and might even possibly be illiterate. I was like, dude, this this guy could this guy could write some dark fucking poetry for sure. <laughs> like he, he could be a really good emo poet. Um, how does his how does his mask move? Actually, that's okay. Uh, in the comic book, um, actually, uh, well, you might not know. Um, in the Boondock Saints, you've seen Boondock Saints, right? No. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's a th- this person was uh, she she was real. Her name was Kitty Genovese, and um, they talk about her at the very beginning of Boondock Saints, but. Uh, she was a real person. It was Kenny Genovese. She was murdered in her apartment building. Everyone in the apartment building heard it, and nobody did anything. Nobody even called the cops. Nobody came out of their apartment. Nobody checked on her. It's like one of the worst things of like I think it's called like like almost like a mass hysteria of just like being frozen and incapable of doing anything or just apathetic towards it. Um, and it's 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 pretty famous. I've I've heard about it several times in different media and stuff like that. But basically, in the comic book, uh, the material is a material that's made by Doctor Manhattan because everything's in the future and fucking, you know, crazy now. Uh, but Rorschach works at a, um, I guess, just like a dress shop or like a clothes, you know, he's a tailor almost. And uh, this woman orders a dress of it and it's Kitty Genovese, but she's murdered. And when she's murdered, she can't come and pick up the dress. And he feels like connected to that for some reason. And he takes her dress and makes ah, the mask. Right. And that's what kind of uh, entices him to go out and start being Rorschach. Right, right. Okay. All right. Um, just a little note as well. They didn't film in New York. Um, it looks pretty legit, but, um, apparently they transformed a lumber yard in Burnaby, BC into three blocks of Midtown Manhattan with a little Saigon thrown in for good me- measure. Uh, the construction project consumed over 200,000 nails, 10,000 16 foot two by fours and 384,000 square feet of foam brick. So there God you go. Damn. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pulling these like random facts out of this this art book. It's fucking awesome. I'm 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 definitely going to give this away, but um, I don't know. There has to be. Uh, uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to give it away. To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just I'm just thinking about this all this shit on the fly. There's no like filter. It's just brain mouth. Yeah, fuck um, it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Um, but yeah. Uh, Rorschach finds the comedian. Oh well, he figures out it's a comedian. He finds his little, uh, little bat, bat wardrobe where he, you know, hides his uh, costumes and shit. Um, and then we cut to Patrick Wilson, right? Not our, yeah, not our one I, and I, two. I love this scene. I love. Um it's good. I like I like Patrick Wilson. I can't I can't remember the other actor's name. I just know Me the character too. Hollis Mason. Um, but I, I I love Hollis Mason. He's actually probably one. Of, I like him. I, I'd say I like him a little bit more than Rorschach. I don't know what it is about him. Like he's just fucking cool. Like I would love to sit down and have a beer with this guy and be like, tell me about some crime fighting, man. Like tell me tell me about being a cop. Blah blah. Like he well, seems like he'd be a really fucking cool here, dude. Right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, just talking about, you know, just rehashing. I'm sure Night Owl 2 has heard the same story from Night Owl 1, you know, God knows how many times. Um, and, it, you know, it's it's kind of like a gathering of old men, you know, just these retirees, you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I like the scene uh, between them a lot because obviously they're very close. You know, they're just this, the like a protege and kind of mentor relationship. I, I like this relationship it's a lot. Good. 
I, I dig it, man. Um, and I, like again, Patrick Wilson has come up a few times. I think me and Matt we talked about him on uh, one of our upcoming attraction episodes where we talked because he's a villain in the upcoming Aquaman movie, right? So he's uh, he's good, man. He's in Fargo. He's been in heaps of shit, but he's always good. He always knocks it out of the park. Um, also Insidious. Um, so essentially, masked heroes are outlawed, right? Uh, the the Kane Act uh, mm-hmm. introduced in 1977. Uh, cops have had enough. Uh, late July of that year, general police strike paralyzed the country. Riots broke out soon after in every major metropoli- metropolitan area. Um, and yeah, yeah, there I think that's I think that's really heroes. interesting that it goes end up ends up going into like like political legislation to like put a mm. stop to superheroes. It's like, wow, that's crazy to think about, you know, there's superheroes being such a problem that you have to start like legislation about them. That's, that's, that's nuts. That's fucking crazy, man. Like I, crazy. I, I would, I would love to live in a world like that. <laughs> I can't imagine. Honest, like I can't imagine sitting like in a house of like parliament and discussing outlawing superheroes. Right. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's fucking crazy. But I love the conversation between them as well. You know, basically first night, you know, Hollis Mason is telling Dan, you know, we had it too easy. You know, you guys had it much harder. Kind of like that times are a changing thing that we were talking about. And, um, you know, you know, truth is you were a better night owl than I ever was. You know, and I, I we both know that's bullshit, Hollis. You know, and you can tell he's kind of he's kind of being a little nostalgic. You know, watch the language. This is the left hook, the floored Captain Axis, you know, and like uh-huh. I, I, I love him. I man. He's, I He's such a sweetheart. It's good, man. Um, Dan comes back to his uh, his little fucking apartment and finds Rorschach eating beans. Ugh, and, gross, man. Yeah, just the way he's kind of like got his boss cup like halfway and he's just eating it. Um, you want me to heat those up for you? Fine like yeah, this. Fine like this. <laughs> I, I, I find that his speech patterns are weird. Like he doesn't. Like he picks his words really carefully. Like he leaves out like some some things like it, it, that normal people would say in a sentence. Kind of like caveman um, talk, anyway. Yeah, but uh, human being juice on the smiley pin, great, hilarious. Um, and then they go downstairs and see Archie. Because mm-hmm. basically Rorschach told him, yeah, so yeah, comedian's dead, and, you know, and uh, they're going over. Well, Rorschach immediately is jumping into this like masked killer serial killer theory which is I'm, okay uh, uh, all right i mean that's that's kind of like what bite says later on he's like statistically one murder doesn't equal a trend you know he's like it doesn't automatically mean somebody's gunning for mass you know this is a pretty fucked up like what you know like what um night owl says he's like you know a comedian made a lot of enemies even those of his friends you know blah 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 even the people who knew his other side like this guy was a fucking terrible person like i, I wouldn't think he's somebody a, a, a costumed like serial killer you know, I wouldn't think of anything like that. This guy's a piece of shit. You know, I'm I'm lucky. Yeah. You're he's lucky he survived this long. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, man. Um, so basically, god damn, it's just it's fucking tough to do with to do this without subtitles. God damn it. <laughs> well, I like if I can jump in the the thing that I the thing you that quit. I love is do what <laughs> you quit. Oh yeah, that is so fucking good. I love, I love all their exchanges, you know. And uh, at least I'm not the one hiding in a mask. No, you're hiding yeah. in plain sight. And yeah. Uh, yeah, oh my god, that is such a good exchange um, because you know, d- d- yeah, I, I, I love that. You know, what do you suggest we do? Retribution. You know, it's like the Watchmen's over. Says Tricky Dick. Says me. 
You know, I'm like, mm. and, and I love that. You know, you can give this up. Nobody knows who you are. You can have a normal life. You know, and I, their dialogue. I mean, say what you will about the way Zack Snyder does movies. Um, you know, and I, I think that I think that you and I are kind of at a disagreement that uh, of, of which end is stronger. You know, the first half or the second half. But it's. I mean, this is a great beginning to this, especially with both these characters. Just, I mean, are, like these guys are old friends. You can tell there's tension, but they kind of care about each other. And why else would Warshak be here if he didn't give a fuck? about him you know an attack on one's attack on all like i love that dude that's such a great line because he cares you know he, he really does in his own fucked up kind of rorschach way just uh just to interject the the writing this was written by the guy who plays solid snake in metal gear solid Wow, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, fucking weird. Dude, this guy's a prolific writer. Uh, he wrote X-Men, X-Men 2. Uh, oh, that's it. Oh, shit, he wrote The Scorpion King. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, but I do love uh, the first X, the first two X-Men movies, so that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Me, <laughs> me too, me too. Um, but yeah, David Hayter. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on. We meet uh, Adrian Veidt, a.k.a. Ozymandias. <laughs> yeah, I love the way. Yeah, I love the way that the comedian Ozzy Mandeus. I love the way he says his name. Um, uh, he's he, uh, he's a bit rough. I think I, I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of Adrian. Yeah, I think. Um, I think if you know the, again, you know this is this is not the viewer's kind of fault. I think this is kind of Zack Snyder's fault because, like, he is German and his parents are both Nazis in Watchmen, and um, his parents wind up dying when he's like seventeen, and he inherits like millions from them. But it's all you know, it's all blood money. It's all you know, just money and gold stole from you know from Jewish people during the Holocaust. He gives all of it away and rebuilds his empire, and then starts fight industries in the comic. And it's like, wow, like, but you can tell he does kind of come across like a a little too thick on it. You know, he's uh, like too much of a fascist kind of Nazi air, uh, like air about him. I get it. He is German, but like uh, he's kind of I'm, I'm 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 hot and cold on him. You know, I like Matthew Good as Osmodeus, but I don't like love it. But he he does. He, he, he yeah, he does. OK. You know, he's not great. He's uh, yeah, it's very. See, I think this movie it's it's a bit more than it's villain, right? I mean, like, because you need a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this movie, like, the the ideals of it go further than than just a villain. Um, and and, uh, and I do like I do I you know Vite's plan. Do you want to talk about Vite's plan here or no? Nah, not right now. It's I think we can skip it. But uh, but early. I do I yeah. I do love that basically Byte is the only one who's ever given his identity out. He's launched like a comic book line and action figures and yeah. um the woman actually um Photographing him, in, in, photographing him is Annie Leibovitz. Uh, she's a really famous photographer. She did a bunch of a bunch of stuff in the in the in the eighties. Um, but um, but yeah, basically, and this in the in, in this scene where um, Night Owl was talking with Osmodeus, and he's just warning him about you know what Rorschach thinks that there might be a killer on the loose. Uh, this originally in the comic book is Rorschach coming to Osmodeus, um, but I can't remember why they changed it for whatever reason. I, I honestly couldn't remember. Um, but could I mean, be because like immediately we, uh, after that we get Rorschach visiting Manhattan, so maybe they just didn't want too many Rorschach scenes. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's, I do, and you know, you kind of get a good feel 
between the relationship of Night Owl and Osmodeus, but yeah. um, they're the only two who really know each other's like identities, honestly, uh, except for, you know, obviously Manhattan and Silk Spectre. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I like this scene a lot. I don't know why. I think it's just because, you know, uh, as they're asking him, you're like, do you think any of the other Watchmen, he's like, you know, basically, do you think that any of them resent me because I whore myself out? It's, you know, it's like, it's a fair question, you know, and uh, he answers the questions really well and he wants to re- wants to make a renewable and cheap energy with Dr. Manhattan. It's a great line. He's like, you know, uh, this war with the Russians isn't about anything but fear, fear of not having enough. He's like, but if we make resources infinite, well, you make war obsolete. And I'm like, that's a good fucking line, man. Like, that's good. I like that a lot. Say, uh, yeah, but that's (laughs) – and this this is kind of getting into uh, what Vite's plan is here, but he's basically Thanos. Kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, he's making a, a, a big sacrifice for the greater good, quote-unquote, yeah. you know. Like, Thanos literally says in Infinity War, this universe is finite, it's uh, it's it's resources are finite. Mm. Um, and I believe Vite says something to the similar effect. So, uh, you know, kill, kill a few million to save billions is basically the thing. But, right. Yeah, all right, let's, let's fucking move on. Um Jesus Christ. So we get we get more Rorschach. He breaks into this secure military facility to uh, to meet uh, with Manhattan. Um, I believe there's one moment here when because uh, obviously you get a lot of narration from uh, Rorschach in this movie. Um, Dollar Bill got his cape stuck in a revolving door while he got gunned down. <laughs> yeah. It kind of it reminds me of uh, in The Incredibles when she's like, "No capes." <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, what? Yep, God never seen it. Damn you. See, neither has Matt. I'm trying to get Matt over to come fucking watch this movie because I'll know he'll lose his mind. He loves his superheroes. But anyway, um, we meet. Uh, who does he run into first? Does he meet into, run into Laurie first, I think? Uh, no. First, he no. runs into Manhattan. He runs into Manhattan, a.k.a. Big Blue Dick. <laughs> Big um, Blue. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup, Crudup, Crudup. Um, weird name. He's, weird name. Uh, obviously, that's not his body because he is ripped. Yeah, ripped dude. as fuck. <laughs> like, seriously, man. Like, you are already a god without the powers. <laughs> but uh, he shrinks down to size while Laurie speaks to him. Um, and he's just weird, man. Manhattan is just... like He's not weird, but he's basically a god figure. Um, and I think... He he kind of reminds me a lot of Vision in Civil War. Like he can solve the problem immediately. Yeah, I uh, think um, like I I I like I I will say I think that he's probably my favorite character. Um, it's it's also because of Billy Crudup's facial expression to be able to do like what he does with certain things. Like instead of being loud and bombastic, and you know, it's it's very if you pay attention, you know, his face has so many, especially his eyes. Like because it's easy to lose like w- what his eyes look like, but when you're really like watching him in the eyes, he has a lot of really good eye movement. Um, you know, obviously he's really stoic and kind of statuesque and stuff the whole time. Um, 
But I, I I love Doctor Manhattan in this movie. Not so much Silk Spectre. I think that she like. <laughs> I think she's I, the weakest. I think she is the weakest. But there are some scenes later on, uh, especially when they're on Mars and stuff, that she. I mean, she knocks it out of the park. She's really great. But they don't do the comic book character justice. They kind of just make her um, almost like the. She's girlfriend. the youngest. Yeah, she's just kind of. She's kind of the girlfriend. She's just kind of. She's always you know, whenever she's you know, why does it always have to be like? this you know she's always ugh. got the same like oh and that's not the way that that character is in the comic book and i wish they had stuck with that a little bit more but i th- th- here's a question that i have so basically warshak's warning both of them somebody's coming out to kill them you know i'm I, he even says I, you know i'm coming to tell the indestructible man that someone's trying to kill him um but it's really interesting because i love he show- that line man yeah he he shows up Dr. Manhattan knows it's him because, you know, uh, we also say Manhattan is the only one with any power. Uh, he has complete and control of anything made of, like, matter. So he's God. Um, he, you know, and uh, also he can see the past, present, and future simultaneously, which is uh, – yeah, he's God. Um, but the, this – the only thing that really is kind of weird to me is that Rorschach shows up. He knows it's Rorschach. You know, he even says Rorschach's here to tell me that someone's killed the comedian, that he's you know trying to warn me, blah, blah, blah. And then he, you know, he wants to know if I can publicly identify the killer. But Dr. Manhattan's like, even if I wanted to help, I couldn't do it because my future is blocked, blah, blah, blah. But your future is blocked. You just said what the fuck he was about to say. What do you mean it's blocked? Yeah. Like, how do you, like, I, like that's so one of the I only things. Like there's, no. there's a few conveniences, like, you know what I mean? Right. The only thing I can think is that it's blocked, like, maybe he can only see ahead a couple of hours or maybe a day versus like weeks or months, like ahead of time. Like maybe he can't see everything at once. That's the only thing I can kind of think of. Like maybe they can't completely stop him from seeing the future, but he can see just small bits like forward and forward. You know, that's the only thing that I can really think to justify it, but I got to make a kind of a big leap to do that. Um, but either way, I don't want to spend like too much time on that, but yeah. Um, you know, they basically, you know, Manhattan tells, I love Rorschach, you know, He's like, I know what you want, but you know you're going to leave here disappointed. Uh, he's like, listen, I'm not leaving until, and he yeah. wait, and he's outside until the fucking I've thing. Had my say. <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking great, man. And we get a little bit of a relationship between Manhattan and Laurie. I love that. You know that he's yeah. Again, there's that there's that fucking you know he's he can see the future. You know you want to ask me to go out to Dan and you know eat dinner and go out like we you or you you know you're going to go out with Dan. He's like because you know I can't go out like we used to. You know you deserve the comfort of an old friend. And it's like, dude, I mean, he's he's a great he's a great character. He's a fucking asshole, but he's a great character. See, I've got a I've got a question for you though. How does this relationship work yeah, on it's a day to day on a day to day basis? Like, besides you know multiple Manhattan fucking, how do like do they go out for dinner to restaurants and shit? Like, because they can't because he's you know in his facility. <laughs> right, so like, what, yeah. how do you how do you like? Can you imagine these guys having a an actual conversation that doesn't include? Sexual things like yeah. Does he hey, even how was eat your day, food? Honey? <laughs> yeah, does he eat food? Does he consume things? Right. Like, does Would he, he con- even need to? Like, I, they, there's so many questions about him. I mean, we got to move on because we'll fucking we will literally be here all day. Oh, I, it's I, so I, I'm, weird. I am such a big fan of this comic book, and I love Manhattan as a character because there there's not really a whole lot of comic book characters as big as he is in the comic book world, but as powerful as he is. Like, I can literally make planets or destroy them, bring people back from the dead. Like, I am God, um, and I think that's fucking incredible. I think he. 
he outpowers so many people in Marvel and DC. And oh, he's, yeah, uh, he's obviously yeah. overpowered, you know. He is. Um, but that's that's his thing, right? Like that's like he's he's a metaphor for this movie. Right. Um, you know, the one guy with like, all yeah. the powers could not give a fuck. I think that's right. so ironic. So fucking ironic. One hundred percent, exactly. I um, mean that's that's Vite's plan, right? Like let's uh, we'll, we'll fucking get to it but anyway um, we get this scene with uh, Laurie and Dan um, they reminisce about the old days uh, um, Captain Carnage thought it was a, a, a the standard villain name who wants to be punished all the time punish me punish me uh, and <laughs> she's like whatever happened to him oh, I think uh, he said he tried that on Rorschach and uh, Rorschach dropped him down an elevator shaft yeah dude because <laughs> at first I couldn't tell if he was like fucking around and I was like nah he's just bullshitting nah. her and I'm like no nah, he's being for real nah <laughs> he's being for real man if you know Rorschach yeah um, yeah man um, but anyway they uh, they just uh, what what comes from this scene nothing much really right Nothing really. I mean, it kind of just ends up being, you know, they're catching up on old times and uh, he can tell something's bothering her. And, you know, it's instead of, you know, John, you know, basically she's she's worried about, you know, John says that there might be nuclear war and blah, blah, blah. It's I mean, it's heavy. Obviously, you're dating the person who could make or break like your entire existence and a whole lot of people's, you know, I mean, the entire world. So obviously it's kind of hard to just hear the fact that he, you know, because literally in the last scene, they're like, what would be blocking your, you know, your your future site and he's you know he's like well, uh, in all likelihood nuclear holocaust you know and it's like okay well i'm going out to dinner now <laughs> you know it's kind of hard to brush that off um and i think it's you know it's it's kind of it, it, that conversation does feel kind of real because they're trying to catch up and remember the past and have fun but at the same time it's like it doing it with feel, a, yeah Doing it with a gun to your head, you know, and it's it feels so yeah. weird trying to do that. But basically, they just kind of talk about you know what's going on, and you know, you know, she's like, it's like he does not even there anymore. I can't tell if he even cares or if he's just lying. You know, if if he's lying, then he cares, and that's a fucked up way to go about it. But if he's if he's trying to make something up or fabricate something, you know, he's trying not to hurt your feelings. At least in some form or fashion, he does care, and in some fucked up way. But but I mean, I I do get Patrick Olson's point. I always like that part he's like if, he, if he's lying that means that he cares you know and it took a long time for me to get that and i'm like oh okay then you know then i guess he does kind of give a shit um it's but i love it's good I, I, it's oh, one go of the rare sort of moment of moments of of humanity like a, an actual sort of like a human conversation mm-hmm. in this movie yeah i and i love that as he's seeing her off she's like i'm sorry i asked you out you know to talk about you know old times and you know it doesn't really seem to be a lot of laughing or you know good good times going on you know what do you expect the comedian's dead and a great cut right into the comedian's funeral i love this yep. scene this is probably one of the best scenes of the movie oh absolutely we cut over to the comedian's uh sort of funeral um this goes on for a while because we get sort of scenes kind of intercut throughout it like this this movie does that pretty often like there are sort of intercut um things that are out of sequence so um we get it we after that we get a scene with laurie and sally uh aka silk silk specter the first mm-hmm. uh played by carla gugino this woman is beautiful they like oh, yeah. fully really really had to age her up uh see her in sin city she's got her tits out in that um. <laughs> oh, she's she's every time we watch this movie, Lindsay's like, I know you like Carla Gugino. I'm like, oh god, yes, like she's oh Jesus, she's gorgeous. Well, how do you say her name? I, I was I was gonna say Gugino, but 
I thought it was Gugino, but I mean, either way, we're probably both fucking wrong. Uh, she's, um, probably, she's fucking one of those Italians, isn't she? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's uh, she's basically, as Rorschach uh, said it, she's this bloated, aging whore dying in a Californian resort. Um, she gives she gives uh, Laurie this this comic book. Did you see this comic book? <laughs> oh yeah, a little eight page porno comic. She says it's fucking graphic. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> but yeah, mother, this is gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really the biggest fan of Laurie. But uh, they talk, they talk about the comedian, right? They talk about, I mean, you, you get, you get Sally kind of defending the comedian, but Laurie doesn't understand it because at this point she doesn't know that you know she's he's her father. Right, yeah, and she's saying, you know, it's a, the future gets darker and darker, darker, but even the the past, even the grimy parts, you know, they still shine. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's just because, you know, yeah, I, I love it's the fear of the unknown, basically, is what she's talking about. Especially, yeah. you know, she's sixty seven years old, so it's like, yeah, I would kind of, yeah, I'd, I'd start being a little bit afraid of the future too if I was sixty seven and all my friends were dying in a nuclear war. It's like, ooh, that's kind of that's kind of scary. It's fucked up, yeah. But we, not as uh, fucked up as the next scene. No, not as fucked up as the next scene because we flash back uh, to the Minutemen uh, just after a photo shoot and old uh, old fucking uh, Ed, Ed, Eddie, Eddie Blake, decides he wants to get some. Yeah, dude, oh my God. I remember seeing this in the theater and that being like, whoa. Like yeah, I was 16, man. I was like, this is near. This is... Uh, as a sixteen-year-old in the movies, man, I was like, "This is a new kind of movie, isn't it? <laughs> this is a yeah. different." Because uh, I'd never seen, because uh, he he knocks he punches her in the face like fully closed fist, and I was like, "Holy shit! I've never really seen that before." Yeah, um, it's fucking brutal, man. I mean, he it is. like yeah, like yeah, it basically hears that she's going to go change and comes on, you know, and comes on to her saying, you know, yeah, her, yeah, Eddie, you knew I was changing. Yeah, I mean, you said it loud enough for everybody to hear it. You know, I know what you need and blah blah blah. Um, I I do like the fact that you know she she's like no Eddie, you know no spelled Y E S. She's like no, you know, and she fucking yeah. just like decks him. I'm like, dude, I love that. Um, yeah, but uh, but she's yeah, got some dude, fight enough. Yeah, he. He fucking god damn it i mean he beats the shit out of her and the way he swings her Dude. around and slams her into the pool table i was like fuck man the, the face the face into the pool table is what like because like you, you get like this punch of bass in the in the in the sort of in the count in the in the sound mix mm-hmm. like there's like this bass it's fucking crazy but anyway after he uh weinsteins her we get hooded justice oh, uh, weinsteins <laughs> attempted Weinstein yeah attempted Weinstein sorry uh, we get Hooded Justice this guy's a fucking weirdo yeah bastard he yeah, sounds British as well I think I think he's fu- uh, yeah I think he's like German or something but yeah I, oh, I, okay. I, I love I love is this is this is this, yeah. is this what gets you hot is this what you yeah. like <laughs> but you know what okay because I was watching this no, the first time I saw this I watched it not sorry not first time but for the podcast watched it with subtitles on the Blu-ray and he's like is this what gets you off and Hooded Justice says what yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, this is what gets me off. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's fucking weird, man. But, um, yeah, man, uh, Silk Spectre is not looking good. No, no, I, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, they, like you said, within this scene, they're kind of, 
like jumping around between stuff. Like we kind of close on the Silk Spectre one, uh, but then we go straight into like Dr. Manhattans. And basically we're all just kind of like serving up memories of the comedian. I, um, just before we great. go past it, just before we go past it, I like, the Sil- I like Silk Spectre's line after that. Things are tough all over, Cupcake. It rains on the just as and unjust alike. It's good, yeah, man. I like that. She actually, for some reason, she reminds me of Poison Ivy from the old uh, Batman movies. I don't mm. know why. I don't, I don't know. Just the way she talks and shit. But uh, we cut over to uh, the funeral again. But this is basically Manhattan, I guess, remembering the Vietnam War. We get uh, Ride of the Valkyries. Ride of the Valkyries? Mm-hmm. Rise? Right. Of the, I think it's Ride. Yeah. No, you know, you all know what I'm talking about. This is fucking visually amazing, man. Holy shit. Yeah. This is like next fucking level good. Yeah, um, I, I I had on the side of one of my dressers from where I had a Watchman. Uh, oh, that was a blue dick. Yeah, yeah, right. A big, just a big, like four foot long blue deck on the side of my dresser. Um, no, I, I cut out because I have this book that's like the making of Watchmen, the graphic novel, and um, there there was like some like just the cover sleeve of it. Well, I cut some stuff out, made a collage, and had this whole side of my thing. But the, I mean, that shot is in there of Doctor Manhattan being like a hundred feet tall, fucking walking and just blowing people up, looking at him like shot for shot. Dude. That's one of the that's one of the ones that I do love. Like you know, that's one thing with Zack Snyder too. It's like, dude, just ease off. That that gas pedal a little bit and do the super iconic shots, you know, tall Manhattan, him being thrown through the window, you know, shit like that. But don't do it for so much shit, man. I mean, it's way too much. But but this whole scene you know, with with Manhattan blowing people up with his mind and the comedian lighting that guy on fire with a uh, – with the fucking flamethrower in the director's cut, it's a lot more graphic because the guy is crawling away and he has nothing. And one of his legs from the knee down, it's just like nothing. Like it's just Oof. this big bloody gnaw. And he just fucking lights his ass up. I was like, God damn, dude. Like that's kind of hard to watch, but dude, it's just the uh, way these guys, like these guys kind of like explode into like fucking bursts of red and like ribs, rib cages and everything. Holy shit, man. Yeah, dude. It's fucking nuts. So nuts. So nuts. But um, basically, yeah, with the help of Manhattan, they win fucking the Vietnam War. In a week. Which, uh, <laughs> in a week. Yeah, in a week. And look, I guess it's the downfall of America, right? I mean, look, I, I know the Australians shouldn't really be preaching about American history, but I'm, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> the Vietnam War, I guess, taught humility mm-hmm. uh, to, to America. Um, like, it, it kind of made Americans realize that, hey, look, uh, we're vulnerable as well. Like we're not this all powerful thing, right? You know we what can, I mean. You, well, yeah, you can't win them all. You know, you can't right. just constantly go like be going into places and think you're always going to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. But then we get uh, we get a um, holy shit, a fucking abortion scene. Yeah, basically, like, good God, man, like, the, the like, just the brutality of these scenes, like, back to back. It's fucking are, crazy. Dude, yeah. Um, I mean, two of probably the most, I mean, yeah, the most controversial scenes of the movie are back to back and, and mm. based around the same character. Like, fuck. <laughs> like, goddamn. Yeah. Do you think they went a little too hard on this guy? Do Maybe. I? Do you, do you think they made the comedian uh, a little too brutal at times? I don't know. I, I think um, – I mean, I think – I mean, it all goes back to the comic book because it is comic book accurate. You know, it does happen in there. It's. I think that they – I mean, 
Honestly, no, because I don't think that I, I think that that's just kind of you're talking about a guy who was born in like 1918 and was in, you know the military and world wars and seeing like the worst parts of people. Um, obviously, yeah. like a, a real cynic, and you know just the value of life back then, and you know the way people were treated and stuff. Like I can, I, I don't think so. I think maybe dial him down one notch, but but honestly, not much. I don't think he's I don't think he's too far off. Uh, especially with you know this woman comes in and basically she's. <laughs> You know, wants to talk Miss about Eddie. the baby. Yeah, um, we need to talk about baby now. Um, <laughs> but dude, yeah, that's fucking. You know, I, it's like there's nothing to talk about. Pretty soon, I'm gonna leave here. You and your little sweaty piece of shit country. Get the fuck out of here. You know, it's like God damn, dude. I mean, just fucking bru- verbally brutal. But I, I mean, uh, again, we get this like retaliation, and we see when people retaliate to him. You know, man, woman, pregnant or not, like whatever. Like it's not going to end well for you. Like this guy's, like what uh, Vite says. He's like, you know, he's practically a Nazi for all intents and purposes. I mean, this guy is brutal. You know, just loves, like, loves to hurt people. And stuff in the comic book, he almost has like a BDSM type mask, like a leather BDSM mask that he wears, you know, to cover up his face and stuff. Um, but yeah, she bursts that bottle and slashes him across the face and without hesitation pulls that gun out. And I love right before he shoots her, you know, and she's speaking, you know, the, she's speaking Vietnamese. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, and not only that, I mean, hearing a foreign language and you don't understand what's going on, but she's speaking really fast and, you know, it's like in panic in her voice. It just takes it from like two to like 10 right away. And then not yeah. only as, as that's happening, you've got Manhattan right before he pulls the trigger. And you're like, I love that. I love it. Because it's one of the only times in the movie you see Manhattan do anything else besides his like statuesque like thing. He doesn't really like yell a lot. Maybe a couple other times, but I love that because here's this yeah. woman that meant nothing to him. You know, she he has no personal thing into this, but you actually see him react to it, like have a visceral reaction. I like that. It's good, man. It's good. But then we get this like little afterwards, right? I, I like what the comedian says. You, you could have turned this gun into fucking snowflakes, right? Like, yeah, but he just fucking the stood there. The he, he does and- not. Yeah, you could you could have done all of that, but you just stood there because you don't give a shit about any of us. Which is. A little hypocritical coming from the guy who just murdered a pregnant woman. Oh like, yeah, uh, yeah. But but at the same time, I like the ramifications for a comedian not caring are way less than the ramifications for Manhattan mm-hmm. not caring. Like he's he's like a I mean he's, he's a like a, a bomb. Yeah, he's a weapon, you know. And uh, but yeah, and then they cut to. The next one of like Night Owls, you know, Night Owls memories of him, you know, fucking that. This is probably my favorite scene of the three just because you really get to see him in action. But I fucking love it. Wait, Night Night Owls? No, no. The next one's Vites. Is it Vites? I thought it was Night Owls. I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead. No, no. No, that's cool. Uh, Yeah, the next one's Vites. Uh, It's basically the Vite just pretty much saying, hey, (laughs) he's just just fucking drinking. Drinking yeah, like, at this meeting. Maybe we should agree on no more drinking at meetings. <laughs> and he just like turns he up the flask. <laughs> he just laughs at his fucking face. <laughs> but what is what but, is Vite uh, saying right here? What what's it what's it boil down to? Well, he's like, we can save this world, right? Like this is like we can make a difference. But comedians basically are like, uh, no. <laughs> this this group's this group ain't doing shit. Like we're not doing shit. Right, we this didn't work world. fifteen. Yeah, this this didn't work fifteen years ago. It's not going to work now. And I love, um, I you know, God, the whole dialogue between them is just so memorable. I, you know, he's just sitting there and he, you know, he's like, uh, 
He's like, it doesn't take a genius. He's like, oh, yeah, world's smartest man over here. He's like, well, it doesn't take a genius to see the world that has problems. Yeah, but it takes a room full of morons to think they're small enough for you to handle. I'm like, dude, that's a good line. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's kind of the point of a lot of this shit is like in the face of nuclear war, what does it matter if you save a kitten out of a tree? Who gives a fuck? You know, and it's like, who cares if mm-hmm. you go and catch the bank robbers? We're all going to die. Like, that's it's fucking heavy, man. It's really fucking heavy. Um, yeah, once those new, you know, man. Mankind's been trying to kill each other since the dawn of time, and now we've got the capability to do so. Is once those nukes start flying, well, old Ozymandias here would be the smartest man on the cinder. <laughs> I fucking, fucking love that man. Love it, man. It's good. He's, I've got he's a, such I'm a boss. Jeffrey I've K. Morgan is so good. I've got a lot of this memorized, to be completely honest. Like, like I've watched this a lot, and I love a lot, a lot of the comedian scenes just because his dialogue is just it's great. It's good. It's good, man. And like, I, I definitely noticed it a lot more this time around because when I was when I was like the first few times when I watched this, it was all about Rorschach to me. Um, and like now this this time around, it's it's a bit more like comedian to me. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but holy shit! <laughs> um, it's not hey, it's not like I sympathize with them or anything like that. It's just a bit like holy shit. Uh, but yeah, our next look in is um, Night Owls. This fucking this fucking ride controlled shit. Mm-hmm. What do you think I, about this? I, I oh my god! Like I, the the whole scene, you know, I'm your boogie man, shake, shake, shake. I'm like, dude, again, the fucking soundtrack, you know. And then you've got this music going on that's not only setting the tone for like it's setting the tone for our era and, and seeing like you know we're in the 70s. This is years ago, um, but then at the same time you've got this uh, insane, insanely violent event going on. Um, the director's cut is, uh, a, is has a little bit more of this. You know, he actually says, you know, hey, you guys back the fuck up. You know, I've got rubber bullets. You know, in case anybody's wondering, um, but I, you know, they're basically this woman comes up, throws a beer, like a full beer, and hits hits comedian in the head. But what she says is so great. She's like, "Yeah, my son's a cop, you fucking faggot!" and like hits him in the head with oh a fucking God. beer can. Um, but uh, yeah, just him. You know, all right, if that's the way you want to play it, and him dropping down. Especially, you know, they start throwing Molotov cocktails and shit. It's like, what the fuck, man? Um, but as soon as he comes down, the first thing he does, that woman is screaming in his face, and no hesitation, just. Whole fucking dude, like, yeah. I mean, I guess you can say he's an equal opportunity offender. I guess you know that's about the only thing I can give him because he doesn't give a fuck, man. See, like in the in the uh, in the theatrical version, they don't tell you that he's firing rubber bullets. He right. just fucking starts firing this shotgun, and I was like, "What? Yeah, this dude, guy's like, just executing people on American soil." And it, by yeah. the way, oh, I love working on American soil. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Uh, and their their whole exchange is, is great, um, especially, you know, when, you know, he's like, you know, uh, he's like, how much longer do you think that we can keep this up? He's like, oh, you know, Congress is pushing some bill through uh, or, uh, yeah, pushing some bill through that's going to outlaw yeah, mass. That's you know, the our Act. Yeah. Right. Basically saying our days are numbered, you know, you know, well, who's going to, you know, like, who are we really protecting or who's going to protect, you know, what, why, who are we protecting anymore? He's like, what, what are you kidding me? We're protecting people from themselves. Um, I love if you pay attention to the guy spray painting, you know, and he turns he's like son of a bitch, and he shoots him yeah, in the yeah. back with that tear gash. You're like fuck, man. Um, the 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 building that he's spray painting, it actually it's an American flag, and it says "Welcome Vietnam, our fifty first yeah, state or fifty third." Right now, fifty first. Fucking awesome, dude! And I love you know what happened to us. You know what happened to the American dream? It came true. You're looking at it. Yeah, that's that's cool, that's, man. Uh, that's great. That's one of Lindsay's favorite lines for that. Mhm, mhm. It's fucking awesome, man. 
Uh, like again, it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan with his with his deliveries as well. Like mm. the guy just fucking kills it. Um, we cut back to the cemetery. Uh, you know, we see the smiley pin go in. We see Hollis Mason paying respects to the comedian, uh, and then. Th- you know, Rorschach. We because we see Rorschach uh unmasked though. He's a he's a vagrant, he's holding up this sign, right? Uh what's the sign say again? The end is nigh. That's right, the end is nigh. Um But yeah, he's wondering, like he's like, why the fuck would his uh arch enemy be paying respects, right? Right, yeah. Moloch. Uh, yeah. Well and why does Moloch have these ears? I don't know. I don't know if that's just like a genetic thing or if it's like you know, like people filing their teeth down, kind of thing. Like I, I don't really know. I guess, I guess it's just some kind of genetic defect he has. Um, I guess I don't really know. But is it, or is it a villain? Like, are they going for like a villain thing here? Yeah, I, I've like, I mean, I don't see why he would keep it up even after years later of like getting out of prison and shit. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I figured it was some kind of physical defect. Um, but I love the guy who plays Moloch is Matthew Frewer. Uh, Frewer, I think is his last name. Uh, mm-hmm. He's fucking great. This guy's been in a shit ton of stuff. He's in uh, in the Stephen King's The Stand. He's in a bunch of stuff, and I, I love this guy every time I see him on screen. He's a great one of those few actors that you're like, oh, that guy's in everything. Thing, but I don't remember his fucking name. Um, but I, yeah, this this whole scene's great, especially when he comes home, opens up the fridge, and there's just that behind you note from Rorschach. Like, oh, yeah. that's fucking uh, that's terrifying. But well, can you uh, imagine him standing right behind you, Jesus Christ? Oh, dude, he's so scrappy, dude. He'd fuck you left from right. Like it's so bad. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, what what what's going on in this scene? So basically. Rorschach is breaking his fucking fingers, wanting him to wanting wanting to know wanting to know why would Moloch, his arch enemy, be visiting the comedian, um, and you know Moloch eventually just says him, "Hey, he broke in here one day and he was fucking crying at the end of my bed. I was terrified." Mm-hmm. Um, goddamn, like I'd be terrified. <laughs> yeah, basically, you know, he's talking about some kind of list and. Um, going on about you know like uh, you know, it's it's all a big fucking joke. It's you know, all I've a got, joke. It's all a I, big fucking joke, dude. I I love that you know, and he's like you know I had to kill kids. That was fucking war. Like I mean yeah. his his dialogue is great, but basically yes, as he's come in, he's drunk, he's got his mask off. Such a good line too. He's like, and here I am spilling my guts to my to my you know my arch enemy. What the fuck does that make me? Yeah, right. He's like, but yeah. truth is, you're the closest thing to a friend I got. What the fuck does that supposed to mean? I'm like, good. Yeah. That's that's. Good. Good, man. I'm so glad they didn't cut that scene out because they could have and it wouldn't have really mattered. You know, they could have you could have just heard Moloch saying it instead of showing it, you know, but oh, my God, I'm so glad they didn't cut that out because there's I mean, this is the this is the theatrical cut coming in at like two hours and 45 minutes and you've got the director's cut and then the ultimate cut. Uh, So there's a lot of stuff they could have cut out to trim this out, but I'm really glad they didn't cut that out. That's that's a spectacular scene. That's good shit. Um, we get our first sort of glimpse at Pyramid uh, Transnational, uh, the the envelope on Moloch's sort of table. Hmm. Um, I just I just didn't want to I didn't want to let that go by because obviously that comes back. Um, and then how does that scene wrap up? I, I guess uh, Moloch Moloch tells Rorschach that uh, that he has cancer, right? You know the one <laughs> the one that people get better from. Uh, I don't have that one. Yeah, right. He finds some kind of phony medication or something. But uh, I love Rorschach. You know, he's like, uh, he's like, that's what happened. You know, that's the truth. He's like, incredible story. 
probably true. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like, I, yep. I, I love that. Um, I, love yeah, these, whole- I love these random shots of like Rorschach walking down the street, man. Like this old, mm. old New old New York looks so fucking cool, but dangerous as shit. <laughs> yeah, like really uh, dirty and scary. Yeah, man. Is this the, the Pagliacci story here? Yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah, this is the Pagliacci story. What do you think about this? Um, I, yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. I like the whole, you know, I, 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 um, you know, I tell the story of Pagliacci, you know, uh, Pagliacci goes to a doctor, says, uh, you know, that he's depressed, uh, you know, it says, oh, you need to go see the great comedian Pagliacci, but doctor, I am Pagliacci, you know, it's a really old joke. Um, but I don't know if it, um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'm sure there's some kind of deeper connection with the comedian, but I don't really see like I, I you know, I obviously his name is the comedian, but that's really just a namesake only. Like he's not a super funny guy. I mean, he's really cynical. He's really dark, but that's really about it. You know, I don't like I, I think it's I don't know. I don't I don't really see its point here. Like I don't really see like a lot of like relevance to it. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was good. It kind of talks about like how I'm my uh, I am my own worst enemy kind of thing. Uh, I can like see it, like that. it's like it's an ironic thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like uh, like I am I am the cause and the solution, like at the same time, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I do love, you know, it's it's this all we ever end up getting, you know, violent li- li- you know, violent li- uh, violent lives ending violently. You know, our enemies are the only ones who leave roses on our headstones. So I'm like, that's fucking yeah. good, man. Um, but you know that I I, th- I think that the, that whole ending to bring all of those scenes like within scenes together is really good they wrap that up well oh for sure man and like look while Rorschach's telling this story I love this kind of a montage that's happening because Rorschach's visiting uh, the comedian's grave and things like that and we see we see I love this shot of uh, the comedian crying and the tear falls onto the smiley face and it's blood Mm. it's 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 just uh, visually man like I, I haven't seen a movie like this ever I still haven't um, it's just so, so unique. Like there's, you you can immediately tell that this is a Watchmen movie directed by Zack Snyder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but then we cut over to Laurie getting fucked. But yeah, <laughs> by Doctor by Doctor Manhattan. Men. Like yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> nice. Getting getting drilled by the Blue Man yeah. Group or something. Your, your thumb tastes like a battery. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing, and I'm like, what? You've never tasted his thumb before, or his finger, yeah. or like, right? Like, yeah, um, that's weird. It's like you're just now noticing yeah. it. Like you probably like gobbled this guy's custard. I don't know how many times, <laughs> and, uh, and, and just and you're just now starting to realize that he tastes like a like an Energizer battery. <laughs> oh man, you like that one, didn't you? <laughs> Oh, that's fucking fine. I think, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I have broke our co-host, uh, Zohab Ali. <laughs> um, gobbled. Gobbled this guy's custard. <laughs> Holy shit, man. I've never heard of that before in my life. Oh, that's uh, fucking great. Thank I you. Thought, uh, <laughs> because, because you said, because you said custard starts with C-U. So I was just like... <laughs> Uh, that's not what i was expecting it to go but anyway um, composing myself composing myself all right um okay 
It is, it is kind of uh, like ridiculous, like her whole thing about, you know, he yeah. tastes like a battery and blah, blah, blah. And we get this whole scene between them. You know, he doesn't really know what stimulates her anymore. Uh, I don't you know, know what stimulates you anymore. I mean, not this. You know, and she's very pouty. And I'm yeah. like, dude, this is not the way this fucking character is in the comic book. Like, I mean, you've made her an upset. Do you think it's a I think I think some of it's the actress. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Melon for sure. She uh she was in this movie called um, the Heartbreak Kid with uh Ben Stiller, and she's very much this this really kind of like whiny character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, like I think a little bit of it actually might be this act be the actress. And look, I never really ba- blame actresses and actors, but sometimes you know they they are responsible for the way their character comes across. Right, yeah, and I mean, and Zack Snyder as well. It's like, dude, you know, if you're such a fan of the source material, you know this girl is not, you know, this this is not a girl. This is a woman. You know, this is like mm-hmm. this is the, like this is not just kind of like a pouty teenager like kind of thing, which is what it comes across as. Um, and yeah, because basically, yeah, there's there's three of them in there like having sex with her. Um, and also, you know, obviously at the same time he's in there working with Adrian. You know, my work with Adrian is at a critical state. Um, I, 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 but I, I do like that. You know, but it, you know, my attention was fully on you. Really, dude? Because I'm pretty sure you can't say that a hundred percent. You know, like, <laughs> what do I know? You are basically God, though. Um, but uh, yeah, you but are yeah. fucking. You, you basically created all of us. Um, I love the way she throws this thing. And it goes through his head, hits the monitor, and like it just he it it's like he reverses the time or whatever the fuck. Right, yeah, and he just like he fixes the monitor. And what's nuts is as he he doesn't. It's not him running from the monitor. He stands there, and another one of him comes out and and goes to catch her by the arm. I don't know if you saw that, but it's basically another Ooh, multiple of him clever. like walks straight out of him. And because as they're arguing, he's like, you know, if you, if there's a problem with my attitude, I'm prepared to discuss it. And literally, as they're talking, the other one at the monitor is like, you know, I'm transporting, you know, I'm teleporting the, you know, the what whatever uh the reactor now you know tell your men to stand back like he's literally having all these conversations at once but um I, I love the way the scene wraps up he's like you know you're the only my only connection to you know the world anymore and she's like i don't want that responsibility anymore and like literally as that happens like i think it's kind of crazy like right as they break him break it off he teleports the thing that will ultimately like i mean it puts all the cards in adrian's hands now uh it's kind of like as he simultaneously loses his only connection you know to the world he's giving the world the weapon that it needs to kind of fuck itself over um and I, I love, I love Adrian's line. You know, she'll be back. No, she won't. No, that's that's mm. oh, that's a good way to end that scene. I think that's great. Yeah, it is, man. We we get a we get a a, a quick shot of him uh, looking at this photo uh, of his ex, of his ex ex uh, ex girlfriend, ex wife. No, they weren't married. No, nah, Janie, Janie Janie Slater. Yeah, Janie Slater. Um, but then immediately, immediately, fucking. Silk Spectre 2 goes over to Dan's place. Right. Hey, and like, I need some dick. <laughs> I think, I think yum, it eventually, yum, 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 yum. I think it eventually like evolves into that. But I mean, it kind of starts off with, I, I love what she says, you know, I don't, I don't have anywhere to go. You know, her mom lives somewhere else and she's been in a military base for God knows how long. And she's obviously younger than all of the rest of the Watchmen, you know, by probably a good decade, you know, um, 
because I think she's 16 or 17 when she starts like, you know, when she meets Manhattan and stuff like that. Um, and all the rest of them, I mean, are probably in their 30s at the time. But um, yeah, I love when she shows up and he's fiddling around with the lock. He's like, sorry, I had to get a new lock on the door because, you know, Rorschach kicked the first one in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, while basically. They're talking, oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, while, while they're talking, I, I love seeing um, what's his name get dressed. Like, it, it's cool. Like, the way he, like, um, puts on the clothes. Oh, Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just like teleporting it around him. And st- I think he's still holding the picture, isn't he? He's just like letting everything else wrap around him. I'm like, wow, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's fucking cool, and the music just kind of swells and things like that. But basically, he's got a he's got an interview. Right? Um, yeah, he's going on live television. Yeah, that's right. And he teleports into the studio, and he's yeah. just like, like the one of the producers, Doctor Manhattan, arrives, and no one thinks to tell me. <laughs> yeah, and he literally um, like instantly just came. Yeah, uh, but the blue the blue is too bright for TV, and. Uh, he, he like he can like edit his kind of like his brightness, right? Like uh, he says, he says what uh, Zack Snyder says in the editing room of the DCEU. I think is that dark enough? <laughs> <laughs> right? No, oh my god. Because those um, movies are fucking a dull. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like you know he just drops it down, you know, right then, and we see. Um, we see Lori and Dan going out, and they kind of go down that alley. They pass by Rorschach, uh, and then we. See, I think they're called the Knot Tops. I think that's the name of this yeah. gang. Um, well, that's they're in this in this book that I've got with me here. Yeah, they're called the Knot Tops. God, they look fucking stupid, man! Like, oh my they god, look like shit. But but this is where we get more of like that superhero kind of way too overpowered like kind of thing. Like I can, yeah. I, can I can believe a lot of this. You know, did you notice guy. one guy? Did you notice what? one guy has the the crawl glaive logo on his shirt? From, yeah, no. from crawl. No, no he's got to have a look. It's yeah, he's he's got like a the logo. But yeah, man, the, it is a bit. Uh, we'll talk about this fight scene first because they're kind of like intercut. Mm. But um. It's kind of like a bit over the top, right? Like you see their bones just kind of fucking breaking and shit like that. It, like, look, the the fight scene looks and looks fucking awesome, but it doesn't make any sense. Like these guys are just humans. Sure, they can fight, but goddamn, right? Like I I, I like seeing them like break arms and break legs, which is totally you know doable. But the whole like kicking people in the feet and they flip like upside down and shit. Like I mean, just crazy stuff. And the way they whip. They really whip like around when they do stuff, and it's very. I almost feel like they speed up the camera just like a hair because it feels so fast, like when they're hitting people and stuff. And it's great, you know. I, I especially love, um, uh, you know, I especially love like as they're fighting and they're uh, that guy. I think Silk Spectre gets a knife and like sta- like stabs one guy, uses him as a human shield, and then comes and stabs the other guy in the neck. I was like, fuck, man, like God, that's crazy. I mean, obviously the knife is like pulled on her. Um, but it all, like you said, all of this is kind of intercut with Doctor Manhattan's uh, interview, which is um, which more is of an really, ambush, right? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, yeah, it kind of just becomes this totally different thing. Um, I think Doug something is this reporter's name. He pops up quite a bit in this movie. Uh, he's the one kind of interviewing uh, Vite when we first uh, when we first meet him. 
But uh, the other, I mean, they asked him a couple of questions. They're they're talking about you know our doomsday clock is moving closer to midnight. Do you think that's important? You know, I don't. I think that showing someone an illustration of a clock would be like showing a photograph of oxygen to a drowning man. You know, it's like what the fuck? Like you kind of have to wrap your head around that at first. It's like yeah, uh, yeah, that doesn't really help me out at all. Like yeah. it basically is what he's saying, and I and I do like that. He's like, it's it's irrelevant. Why would you have, you know, if you're that close to it, stop talking about the photograph and start trying to get what is inside the photograph. <laughs> like, I think that's kind of an, an interesting way to say it. But yeah, they spring all this shit on him, you know, uh, talking about how his, uh, I think, Wally just, Weaver. Just quickly, um, one of the reporters said that, because they talk about, yeah, they talk about Wally Weaver, um, they talk about Moloch, who now has cancer, mm. because they link cancer to uh, contact with Manhattan, right? So, one of the reporters says, uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Manhattan had battles with Moloch in the 60s. How do you have battles with this guy? Right. What did Moloch, I mean, I, I, Moloch kind of reminds me of like Mysterio from Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm like, so, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. like, like throw like Gambit <laughs> style cards at him? Like, what the fuck is your superpower, this man? This guy like, can, and not to mention this guy can fucking teleport you to your mom's anus in the blink of an <laughs> eye. Like, right. you know what I mean? And he sees the future coming. I'm like, dude, I mean, I think that, well, Moloch, I think is more so from the minute men I, th- I don't think that he really did a whole lot of stuff against like watchmen which is weird because i mean they show him like they show him being apprehended by the comedian you know and then but, but he has to have had contact with him because I, if yeah. he's got cancer right I, I, I guess that he's – I mean, maybe when he was older and – I mean, I, I, I don't know. But it seems like you're saying like why would he even try to fight Manhattan? Like that's fucking stupid. Um, so I guess the only thing I can think is that Moloch probably tried to, tried a couple of – tried to win over a couple of things on him as he got older and then realized, dude, I got to stop. Like I can't, I'm never going to beat these people. <laughs> um, I fucking give up, man. Yeah, dude. I mean we've got but fucking yeah. blue man group over here and I can't do <laughs> shit, man. Like <laughs> – the drumming's too crazy, um, but yeah, we get we get uh, this shock reveal of Janie Slater, um, and it's revealed that she's got cancer now. Yeah, great! Oh my god, so dramatic! You know, pulling it's the so sad. Oh, dude, that's you know, I stuck by you after the accident, John. You know, god damn you, and man, that's fucking rough, dude. It's so sad, man. Like this is, you know, I uh, look, you know, what? I kind of half take back what I said. Um, some of these characters do have <laughs> some pretty good dimension, <laughs> like, uh, uh, like we get Rorschach later, but here with Manhattan, we get this, this, this kind of like this, this, uh, this loss of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, slowly, like, yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, because like after, I mean, after the accident, he just became this. He he lost who he was, right? Like even later, um, that that montage, that I guess fifteen minute montage where we kind of see his backstory, which is by the way my favorite sequence of the entire film. Um, just how he's like as she passed this cold, perspiring glass. Like like the way he tells his story is just so like. It's so good, but we'll get there. Fucking hell, I'm I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I, I just, <laughs> no, we're, uh, we're we're around the same area. It's fucking cool. It's it's somewhere around here. But anyway, um, leave me alone. Oh man, so good. Like, I think also in the comic book and the director's version, he actually he doesn't teleport himself away. He teleports everyone else in the room out. Yeah, like that's I was like, oh, fucking that's fucking cool. badass. <laughs> it's fucking cool, man. But he ends up on Mars. 
little lone blue dick on Mars. <laughs> uh, and then that's when we get this scene. This again, my favorite scene in the entire movie. I love the music. This fucking music. Uh, I think it's Brian Tyler who I'm does the sure. music. Uh, I'll, no, I'll I, th- I think this one might be Philip Glass. It's kind of that. Bum, 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 dum, dum. It's uh, it's like Pruitt. It's like Pruitt Ego and Prophecy or something like that. I remember because I remember listening to the track. I think it's Philip Glass. Um, oh, is this an actual soundtrack? I thought this was score. Right. Well, like I think this is the score that was written for it, but then they also have like the just the songs like Desolation Row and All Along the Watchtower and oh, stuff okay. like that. It's a crazy mix of a soundtrack um, or like whatever you want to call. I know that there's like a difference between like the score and the soundtrack of it. Um, sorry, it's Larry Bates. Oh, sorry, Tyler Bates that does the. Uh the music. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, man, this, this, this entire, again, this uh, next 15, I think it's somewhere around 15, 10 minutes, somewhere like that, where we get, uh, how Manhattan was made. It's fucking yeah, crazy, man. Dude, that's so, I love, uh, I love the whole thing of, of, you know, him meeting Janie and taking the photo and they were introduced by Wally Weaver and he is dead of now the cantor that they say that I've caused. Um, you know, this, this, this whole scene is, is so fucking good. Uh, not to mention like a tangent, like it's kind of like a tangent, like, like it's not, it's not entirely super important to the plot, but I I fucking appreciate that it's in the story anyway. It reminds me a lot of um, that sequence with Brooks in Shawshank. Like, well, you know yeah, what I mean? that's, a, that's a good comparison. I never really thought about that. Um, well, I mean, the the thing with Brooks is different. It's not a flashback, right? And, and like it talks to about the insti- it talks about the institutionalization of the the prisoners. But this is more of a flashback where we learn a bit more about a character. But I still just the way it, it's so beautifully done, um, and I'm so I'm so appreciative that pre- appreciative that it's in there. Right. I love, uh, yeah, this, this whole thing with him, um, basically, you know, uh, like what you said, you know, she's the first one to buy him a beer. Um, you know, he, they make love for the first time that night that they get the, the picture taken, but, but yeah, but, I mean, it was the fifties. Um, but yeah, when, true. when, when he gets caught in that, and basically, you know, that's, that's what I'm getting. Do you think the watch has anything to do with him? Is that what causes him to be able to fuck with time and see things like that? Or is that, <laughs> is this just something that would have happened to him even if he didn't have the watch on him, you know? I think it's something that would have happened even if he didn't have the watch. I think the watch is a, sort of a, a greater metaphor for the movie. Yes, very symbolic. Um, I mean, there's yeah. Watchmen, literally. Yeah, um, literally Watchmen. But also, I mean, like, you know, you get the Doomsday Clock, Four Minutes to Midnight. You get uh, even him on Mars where he, like, talks, he creates that that contraption. Dude, there, um, there is, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I wasn't going to say his father was, wasn't his father a, a, a watchmaker? Right, yeah. And he said his father abandoned it when Einstein realized the time was relative. Relevant, um, yeah. The 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 imagery in this is so insane. There's a shit ton of circular imagery, uh, the clocks, the hydrogen atom, the gears, you know, in the in the clocks as he's fixing them. Um, you know, the smiley face pin. Like, there's so much circular imagery in this because uh, I looked up a lot of it, kind of like trying to put a tattoo together with a friend of mine. Uh, but there's a lot of like circular imagery in this, which is really cool, especially you know, it's fucking um, awesome, man. Yeah, uh, but this this yeah. Yeah, this whole scene basically he's caught in the intrinsic field stabilizer which i believe is actually fictional um 
But this thing in the comic book, it's a beautiful spread. It's a two-page spread of him getting ripped apart. And literally the line, it's one panel and it says, the light is taking me to pieces. I'm like, oh, that's fucking good, man. But That's so um, cool, man. Yeah, basically he's getting ripped apart and Wally, you know, I, 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 you know, I love the look on Wally's face. He's like, you know, the system's locked in, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. We can't get you out of we there. Can't like, override, we can't override it, yeah. Uh, the the funny thing was when I uh I, you know I've I've quit that restaurant job that I've worked at for you know the last four years but anytime I went in there and I turned around to watch the door shut behind me I always like I was like man that must have been what it felt like you know to get ripped apart in an intrinsic <laughs> field stabilizer um, the program is locked in Colin <laughs> yeah right uh, but I I I love this whole thing of him getting just ripped apart and then you know him talking about uh you know they they hold a token funeral there is nothing to bury uh, the only photograph that they have is the one of him and Janie from the fair and she frames the photograph but we get some fucking almost like a haunting you know like later on after after his death oh, I love to, tell me about it's, that shit dude uh, like uh he talks about how how because what happens first like you get the uh the 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 janitor the janitor sees like this kind of system of like of of circuits like just like a, a it's human. a central it's like a central nervous system yeah Dude, and, uh, it's fucking awesome. Oh, my awesome. God. That's creepy as fuck, man. Holy shit. It's so well done. A few days later, like, you get, like, the partially muscled, like, skeleton, like, just standing in the hallway. Holy shit, man. Like, yeah. it starts to look, it, it forms more and more like a human, but obviously he's not human anymore. Um, And then it vanishes. And then... And then, you know, Janie and Wally and the rest of them are having lunch in the cafeteria. And who appears? Mr. Blue Dick Man looking like Jesus. Dude, yeah. That, that Christ pose when he shows up. I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. That's fucking brilliant, man. Yeah, man. It's cool. Uh, I'm watching it now. It's just so it's so entrancing. <laughs> this movie's so entrancing. Right. I like the music that, that's playing that's playing behind it as well. So uh, yeah, and I, and I I love everyone's immediate reaction to it. You know, we've got you know uh, uh, the the most uh, historic event in recent history. You know, the Superman exists, <laughs> and he is American. <laughs> it's like, of course, of he course is. you fucking Americans. Yeah, take but- your shit. Take your shit and run. <laughs> I love him, you know, burning the hydrogen atom into his forehead because they want him to have a logo, yep. basically. And uh, he yep. respects the hydrogen atom. It's the basis of all, you know, matter. It's got, it's, you know, it's it's the compound of so many different things. Uh, they give him yep. the name Dr. Manhattan for the ominous fears it will raise in, its, uh, in America's enemies. You know, the whole disassembling and reassembling the tank um, Dude, is so cool. fucking good. But basically, Nixon, you know, asked him to interfere in the war in Vietnam, something he says his predecessors would not do. Uh, the conflict yeah, ends in a week. I love that distinction. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love that yeah. distinction, right? Like something his predecessors would not do. But yeah, one week. And uh, you see the Vietnamese just basically surrendering and praying to him. They wanted to surrender to him in person. Right. Because mm-hmm. this, guy's, this guy's God. Um, and you just see him fucking blasting apart like these people. Like uh, are these mobsters? They look like mobsters, right? Like in his oh, restaurant. Yeah. And dude. <laughs> when he blasts these guys apart and on the roof you just see like yeah. skeletal remains and arterial blood and it's not like red blood it's like fucking black right like, you know um, what I mean? dude, right when you said that i was watching that scene and an arm just swinging from yeah. the ceiling like a chandelier like holy yeah. fuck 
Um, yeah, right. God, that's fucking terrifying. But I, I love Wally Weaver. He's like, you know, when I first said that, you know, I was misquoted, I did not say Superman exists and he is American. I said God exists and he is American. He's like, now, so if, you feel a, if you feel a certain type of religious terror at the concept, don't worry. That means that you were only sane. <laughs> I was like, that's well, fucking Snyder, great. Snyder copped a lot of shit because a man is still like uh, he kind of basically said that Superman was God. But, mm. uh, I, 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 yeah. I love, yeah, and I love, um, I love the the way kind of like as we as we start kind of winding down a little bit of like this montage, and uh, you know him with with Janie and it's Christmas I think for like sixty nine or something like that, and he gives her those hi- yeah <laughs> he gives her those hydrogen earrings those things look fucking cool man like that's they do that's, I want one. I like that, you know, and she's, she says, uh, you know, Janie says that she's afraid that I am a god, and I say that I don't think that there is a god, and if there is, I'm nothing like him. I'm like, oh, another good line, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of a bit of a pedo, I guess, because- He's you know, uh, creeping on young uh, Silk Spectre over there. He's into that He's into that latex, that's what it is. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Uh, but yeah, she she looks. I mean, she would be young here, right? Yeah, like she she's would like be- yeah, she's like sixteen or something. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, the, and he, he's like forty or fifty at this point, probably. I mean, mm-hmm. he's ageless now, but like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, um, you see Janie losing his shit, right? She's packing. She throws the earrings at him. Oh, dude, that this line I can't go over it, you know, because um, he's experiencing all of this simultaneously. He remembers meeting her. He remember, you know, as I stand there lying to her, I, you know, it is 1969. I'm in a group full of costume people. Like he's seeing all of this simultaneously, and she throws the earrings, and it's just the way his voice sounds is so good. You know, um, I'm trying to remember. You know, it's like. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. What? What the fuck is a line? God damn it! Because it's such a good line. Um, as he's talking about, you know, just tired of. Uh, you know, I, I am tired of Earth. I am tired of being caught in the tangle of their lives. I'm like, oh, that's so good, man. He's basically just saying, I'm fucking done, man. I'm tired of being caught up with these people. Like, why do I give a fuck? You know, I can go create a whole other galaxy or go create some weird ass glass chandelier thing on Mars. I don't really get it, but I guess it's like a work. I guess it's like a clockwork, I guess, like some kind of like intricate thing of gears and blah, blah. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Like, go right ahead, dude. Um, but it is cool. It's neat looking, I guess. Hey, man, Alan, Alan Moore was a, a weirdo. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, we, we didn't even talk about how he didn't like this movie. He hates this movie. Outright hates it. Oh, yeah. It. He fucking hates all of his movies, though, man. Yeah, it's like, dude, I, mean, I get com- it. But, I mean, come on. V for Vendetta and this are absolutely incredible. Yeah, they're both really good, man. And he's, mm. but I will say he won't put his name on any of them and he will not accept any of the money from any of them either. So I'm like, he's a man of his word. I'll give him that. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He won't have anything to do with it. Like, mm-hmm. not only I don't want my name on it and I'm not getting a paycheck. I'm like, I respect that, dude. I respect the fuck yeah. out of that. Like, you don't like it and you're not going to profit from something that you don't like. Like, more power to you. I man. do respect that. Yeah. Um, before we cut to uh, Tricky Dick in the uh, war room, what say you want to take a break? Yeah, perfect, dude. I was going to say the same thing. That sounds great. Fucking awesome. All right, guys, we'll be right back. We'll be, we're just going to go take a piss, do the usual, and we'll be back. Just a matter of time, I suppose.
just died tonight. Somebody knows why. Somebody knows. I heard he'd been working for the government. Maybe it was a political killing. Maybe someone's picking off costumed heroes. John thinks that there's going to be a nuclear war. What if that's why someone wants us out of the way? So we can't do anything to stop it. An attack on one is an attack on all of us. Watchmen are over. What do you suggest we do about it? Retribution. We can save this world. save the world i no longer have any stake in do it for me What's up, guys? We're back, uh, freshly, freshly from our potty breaks and our coffee refills and and our whatnots. But uh, yeah, Zoheb, how you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. All right, uh, Colin, you're taking the second half, so people don't really need to listen to my voice as much. But yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, basically jumping right back in, we, we're here in the war room with, uh, with Nixon and Henry Kissinger and uh, uh, just a bunch of – Nixon's nose. Yeah, a bunch of guys who look like they do the purge, uh, <laughs> but they're just talking about how the, you know the Soviets are getting their tanks on the Afghan border. Um, you know, they're talking about what's going to happen if uh, if the nukes start flying. You know, and they're they're saying, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll lose the entire half of the Eastern Seaboard. Um, you know, and uh, the, most of the most of the you know most of the Bible Belt and stuff will remain unchanged. You know, Mexico will catch the worst of it. Well, that's not so bad, all things considered. <laughs> it's like, oh, that guy's upbeat. Um, but yeah, basically they they go uh, they go to DefCon. Uh, you know they're they're getting their nukes ready. Uh, going on about uh, you know Doctor Manhattan two Doctor Manhattan has two days. You know after that our fate is in a hands greater than mine. And let's just hope he's on our side. Um, but uh, yeah, that which is just a small scene, but it's really I love the scene that we go into with with Adrian Veidt sitting around with the cap, captains of industry talking about the. Uh, oil industry and, you know, you'll dismantle our economy overnight. You know, you're trying to make some kind of free energy for people. Well, free is just another yeah, word well, for socialist. <laughs> one, of, one of them is Lee Iacocca. Yeah. I was reading about that. They put him in there because he was, you know, you think 80s captains of industry, you know, Zack Snyder was like, I really wanted him in there. He wasn't happy about getting shot in the face, but, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I, uh. I – 
I love, uh, you know, I, I, I love Vite right here. I don't, I don't like so much of like the exposition of him just telling them everything that's happened to him in his life. Um, but we can't spend as much time, you know, we can't give everybody their own 15 or 20 minute, like, you know, little backstory and stuff. Uh, but he just goes on about how, you know, I truly respect what all of you have done as captains of industry, really. He's like, but you want to know my past? Both my parents, you know, died when I was 17, leaving me alone. The only person that I really felt any connection to died like 300 years before the birth of Christ is Alexander the Great uh, or Alexander of Macedonia, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, but he just so basically... I got, a, I got a question, right? Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt, Colin. No, no, no. Um, so, like, sometimes I, I have these, like, little sort of bursts of, like, wondering... In, in, like practically in a movie, right? Like you know how you know how Vite just basically walks off as he starts talking. Like, what mm. if someone just said, "Why are we walking and talking? Why can't we just talk there? Like, why yeah, can't we just stand here and talk?" Because, like, when you think about like Vite's plan here, right? Like, this guy comes out of the elevator, shoots these guys. Like, what if what if someone said, "Hey, let's remain in your office and talk." Like, yeah, you he's, know like, I mean? he's like, uh, no, we have to go outside. It's my, yeah. it's my thinking room. Yeah, my, uh, uh, my assassin uh, said, you know, I told him that we'll, we'll meet him outside the elevators. Yeah, right. He's like, there's a, he's winging a lot on this, <laughs> where to get everybody at. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I love this, this whole. Um, this whole scene with him and he's like you know the the earth needs more than you've been giving it you know it's worth more than that you know and i love them well see here he's like no you see here he's like he's like let's just cut it down to numbers you know privately i'm worth more than all of you i could buy and sell you three times combined so maybe you should think about that before you make our uh what does he say he's like before you make our uh disagreement a public matter you know blah 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 i, I love that you know and um basically they they as soon as he starts dropping that's like mr Vite, um, uh, maybe we got off on the wrong foot here and uh, <laughs> she's i love she's talking to him about new villains for the osmodeus line apparently all the old villains are dead um <laughs> but uh but yeah that's when we get roy chest this assassin who's been sent to kill Vite, uh which you know basically Vite sent him himself but uh this the, again here's this here we got our trademark snyder slow um, but God, just her getting shot in the it. fucking oh, oh, dude! What's crazy is you know, in the director's cut, she gets shot in the leg. She holds her hand up. She gets shot in the hand, and it blows some of her fingers off. The fingers, like, yeah. Uh, see, okay, because I still I, I just figured out that I I haven't seen the the director's cut ever, but I've seen that. I don't know how I've seen that. It must have been someone else's copy, but I definitely remembered her like fingers getting blown off. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. that didn't happen this time around when I watched it. I was like, "What? Why is that?" But well, yeah. there's just there's so many. It's like the Blade Runner. There's so many fucking cuts that it's like, "Oh my god!" Mm. Like uh, there's just so much. It's hard to remember That's each fair. one of them. But but yeah, basically, I, I love that. Yeah, then that's straight out of the comic too. Is him grabbing that that kind of metallic? I guess I don't know what that is. Uh, like that a he grabbed. Yeah, just this big pole and fucking uppercuts his ass. And uh, apparently, Roy Chess bites down on a cyanide tablet, quote unquote. Um, which we learn later is just basically him forcing that into his mouth. Give me a name! Uh, oh, God, yeah. And then it, it does look kind of weird. You're kind of like, why has he got his, you know, if he's trying to get yeah. it out of his mouth, why is it, Why is he covering his mouth? It's kind of, you're kind of looking at it kind of weird right away. But um, basically the guy 
bites down on the cyanide capsule and that's the end of him and we move into the scene with uh with silk specter and night owl talking about you know it's not safe here you know someone's trying to obviously someone's trying to kill us all now um and i i love uh i love the scene outside of it you know he's like well why don't you come stay with me that way i wouldn't have to worry about you anymore it's like i know what you're fucking doing dude like oh he pulled the trigger I, I think he yeah I, I and I think he really does genuinely he's like no you know I want you nearby I'm not really trying to get laid but if it happens I'm not going to be upset about it um, but yeah, she's got this she's rocking this like Kim Basinger 1989 Batman look like the glasses and the and the and the hat yeah. and stuff like uh, but they walk right past Rorschach uh, and then you and that I think it does a really great job in this movie if you see Rorschach a couple of times but like when it was first revealed to me like who he was I was like oh okay that actually I didn't I really didn't see that coming like we see him a couple of times but like I didn't really expect him to be Rorschach uh, when they unveil him like later on in the next scene but he talks about um you know, did, uh, you know, an affair, you know, did she, did, uh, did, uh, Silk Spectre break Manhattan's heart? Does he even have a heart left to break? Uh, you know, he's always asking himself really good questions. That's one thing I do like about Rorschach. He's always questioning things. Uh, and he is a good detective, you know, even though he's rough around the edges and doesn't have the back computer and all the gadgets. Like, he's still a good detective, you know, he's, he's got his, I mean, he's a little rough around the edges, you know, just punching through glass and breaking into doors and shit. But, um, basically that leaves, uh, or that leads Rorschach to go back to Moloch's to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, finds out that Roy Chess worked at Pyramid. Um, you know, see, uh, he's like, I saw pay stubs here from Pyramid. Now, what's going on? You know, and that's where he finds that Moloch's dead. You know, and the cigarette burned all the way down to the filter. That's a great, you know, show how long mm, he's been sitting there like cool. that. Um, basically, basically, yeah, uh, Rorschach, Rorschach gets uh, ambushed, right? Like, this is a setup. Yeah, he's been fucking totally set up, and I love that. No, no, no! Like that's so great, man. He, he the, the the regret panic. and yeah, the regret and the panic in his voice. You know, stupid, stupid. You know, he's he he knows stupid, that he should have known better. Stupid. Uh, but I love that whole. He's just looking for you know. It's like guerrilla tactic. He he's just looking for anything he can to fight them off. And I love I I love when they're out there. I hope you're ready, hero. You know, uh, <laughs> ready whenever you are. I'm like, oh, that's great, man. But um. Yeah, we get this whole scene with them about to break in, them swinging the sledgehammer down, and he's ready for it and opens up the door. All those guys look so fucking surprised. Like, all of them just like... Dude, this is a terrible tech team. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, all these guys, like, nobody fucking put a lick in him at all. Like, come on, dude. Like, one guy, like, the okay, the guy, the, the guy that actually starts shooting at Rorschach literally has to turn his safety off. What? Yeah. Like... You're about to apprehend this masked vigilante, but your safety was on? Right, yeah. You're not locked and cocked and ready to go. Like, I get it. You don't want to blow anybody's head off, but, like, come on, dude. Like, I mean, you're literally about to bust down the door. I think I think you can turn the safety off now, bro. Um, be, a little, be a little proactive here, man. Yeah, it's like his first day on the SWAT. He's like, all right, <laughs> come on, Jimmy. You, you can do this. He, like, yeah. he, he goes to pull the trigger first, and we don't see it. He's like, oh, fuck, hold on. <laughs> click. Click, click, click. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, dude, uh, Rorschach is pretty good with his hands, though, like fighting-wise. Dude, yeah, this is one of the better choreographed scenes in the movie because, I mean, it gets down to the point, you know, if for, he jumps out that window, he gets on his feet, and he's fighting on his, you know, fighting on his feet and knocking him the fuck out and eventually gets on the ground and he's fighting from the ground. He's, like, smashing their feet in with the batons and stuff. I mean, the guy is just hard to – you see how many of them it takes to, like, hold him down and get him, you know, to submit. Uh and I think that's fucking great, you know, but they end up 
you know, I, I love they wrap him up like, Christ, this guy stinks. <laughs> um, but they pull this mask off and it's been the, our, our, uh, our homeless character kind of walking or I don't want to say homeless. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Walter, Walter just the, the guy walked around with the end is nigh sign, which I thought was, I thought was a really cool reveal. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, you know, Rorschach was apprehended today. His name is Walter Kor- Kovacs, a 45 year old man. Um, you know, and God, he looks so rough, man. Like Jack, uh, Jackie, Earl, Jackie Earl Haley. Um, if you ever watch an interview with him, like he's, he's this really nice guy, you know, with like a really high pitched kind of voice. And he seems like such a nice guy, you know, and he's, he's apparently like just a really, really gentle guy in real life. He's really soft spoken and, and such a departure for him playing Rorschach. Um, um, it was – I actually read a little bit about him. He said uh, he does have a black belt and I think it's like Kenpo or something like that, some kind of form of martial arts. But he didn't – he was like, I left all of that at home. I didn't want to bring any of that to the table because that's not what Rorschach would do. Rorschach's just – I mean, he's a street fighter. You know, I was like, wow, that's great, you know, because instead of playing off of that – uh, knowledge already. He's like, no, that wouldn't apply to this character. I was like, wow, this guy really takes this seriously. And it's I think cool, a, a trademark of a really good actor doing it with is the voice, and his voice is just great. It's really, really, really good. Um, but yeah, this is where he sits down with the psychiatrist and he's showing him the Rorschach pictures and he would tell me, what do you see? And it cuts that dog's head split open and his, that was a oh. pretty, a pretty butterfly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all these Rorschach things are just fucked up stuff from his passing. His mom, you know, getting, uh, about to get railed by some guy. She slaps him in the face said, you know, I wish I would have had that abortion. Um, you know, and we see yeah, the other, that's, uh, that's a healthy thing to say to your child. Yeah, right. Like, oh my god. Um, but all these Rorschach things are just totally, you know, f- fucked up, awful things from his past. But I love that he's like, uh, talk to me about Rorschach. Do you think you can do that, Walter? You, you keep calling me Walter. I don't like that. You know, and uh, he's like, okay. Yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, you know, basically, what what is it that you don't like? Or no, he says something. He's like, I don't like you. And like, well, okay, why don't you like me? You're fat. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, just straight God. on. Did I we love that. did we mention that also? Um, sorry, when they when they when the police ripped off his his mask, uh, he m- refers to it as his face. Yeah, give me back my face. That? Yeah, that's fucking cool. I love that man, and uh, yeah, it's just your fat liberal sensibilities. You know, blah blah blah. He's, he's really uh, maybe maybe Rorschach would have been Brutally a Trump supporter. Honest. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's pretty right winged. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is where they're they they. He's like you. You want to know? You know? You want to know about Rorschach? I'll tell you about Rorschach. And this is where we get the scene of him. You know, he was younger. He was tracing a, a girl who was kidnapped named Blair Roach. I think he says his name was. Um, but you know, I was. Softer on criminals, then I let them live. <laughs> um, this but- um, this this scene might be the most affecting scene for me, especially as a as a sixteen year old watching this for the first time. Man, I was like, wow, like this. Well, we can do this in movies. Yeah, man, uh, I, I I love that. Uh, I love the whole thing of you know the guy comes in and checks behind the shower, and it's like a pots and pans robot, like like a, like a decoy, and he throws the dog in through the windows. Uh, but that's so great well, before, when you oh, before that though, like we get um, like the girl's clothes in the furnace, and then like we get like he looks outside and he sees the dogs just uh, like like fighting over a bone with the shoe on. Mm-hmm, yeah, a leg bone with the shoe on. I assume this guy is some kind of like child molester. I didn't really, I mean, they don't really specify, but I doubt he just like grabbed her and killed her for whatever reason. No, I doubt. I doubt. Yeah, there, there must have been more in that shit. 
for sure. Yeah. But I love that, you know, he's basically saying, you know, what evidence have you got? You know, I found that that's nothing. And uh, looks over and, you know, points over to the dog and the dogs have been obviously like chewing on the leg. Uh, okay, I confess. Take me in. I'm sick, man. I need help. You know, blah, blah, blah. This guy pleading. It, I mean, it really like, oh, my God. And you can see Rorschach kind of starting to heave. <sighs> You can feel, you know, him getting picking up yeah. the cleaver, dude. The intensity is just, well, oh my god. I love, I love that this guy's like arrest me. Like he, he just thinks he's gonna get arrested and like right, being yeah. thrown in, like thrown into prison, and then probably being let, let out after five years or something like that. Right, yeah, or going to like a psychiatric hospital claiming he's insane. But yeah. uh, I love, you know, Rorschach putting the cleaver right into the top of his head. And, you know, men get arrested, oh. dogs get put down. Um, and, uh, I, I hate to keep referencing the director's cut, but it is like a lot more brutal with like the fucking the swinging of the cleaver into his head. It's like, oh fuck. Um, but I, I, I loved, uh, you know, the vibrations rocked my arm. Warm, warm blood splashed my face. Uh, you know, whatever was left of Walter Kovacs died that night. From then on out, I was Rorschach. You know, see, doctor, God didn't kill that little girl. Fate didn't butcher her. And destiny didn't feed her to those dogs. God saw what all of us did that night, and he didn't mind. I was like, oh, damn, dude. Like, that's fucking good. So good, man. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, from then on, it was uh, – You knew- cafeteria scene? Well, oh, the, wait, wait, the, the yeah, way he sorry. ends it from from then on, I knew God doesn't make the world this way. We do. I'm like, whew, that's fucking brutal. But yes, yes, this cafeteria scene uh, with the uh, <laughs> dude, yeah, Rorschach. I hear you're kind of famous, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty famous too. I'd like to give you my autograph. It's like, oh, dude, this guy has no idea what's fucking coming. Um, <laughs> dude, this guy like his the scream that he does when he gets the fucking oil poured on his face. Oh, dude. He's just just like a little bitch. Oh, dude. And like, like from working in a restaurant, I've had a couple of those burns before. Obviously not covering me, like my head and shit. And they fucking hurt, man. But, dude, the agony this guy must be in, I can't even be begin to imagine um i do kind of laugh because like there's no way in hell that if you pick up that basket out of there it's going to hold that grease that's kind of like what it's made for to leak out of the bottom but i, I just like yeah, to it's cause out, I, yeah it's because i fried shit for like three years at a restaurant and i'm like that's not possible <laughs> i'm like dude don't do that don't be that guy but um but yeah he fries that one of the coolest lines right yeah yeah be my guest be my guest you don't all right all right, all right. i'm gonna <laughs> clear my throat a little bit <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck now I can't stop smiling you don't seem to understand you're not locked in here with oh fuck oh, fuck <laughs> you <off>. fucking moron <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ I even gave you, you don't the seem floor. to understand I'm not locked in here with I'm not locked in here with you you're locked in here with me <laughs> what would have been really funny is if that's the way it happened and he's fucked yeah, it up the first yeah, the time. Like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on, kinda, hold on. He kind of shakes he shakes it off real quick. He's like, <clears throat> okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh but then we come back to uh the boring shit. Yeah, basically, right. yeah. This this whole thing with, with Silk Spectre and Night Owl and um she's downstairs playing with I mean, Archie. I, I, call, and- I call it boring, but it's 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 fine. It's okay. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's it feels like a, a bit of filler, you know, a little bit. I get we've got to build on their relationship and stuff, but basically, he, you know, <clears throat> um, they start going over his equipment, and you know, she talks about you know why he became Night Owl, and you know, his dad was an investment baker, and but he was more into mythology and birds and stuff, and she lets him try on the night vision goggles, and I love, I love what he says, you know, even even when it got the darkest, I always knew I could see, you know, and that you know, blah blah blah. I I, I like that a lot, but she kind of ruins the the emotion of the moment you know with i wonder if i bet you this is how john sees everything i'm like no probably not i mean i don't i couldn't even imagine how that guy sees everything but i doubt it's in fucking green night vision um i always hated that line i don't know why i'm like i get it we're trying to like move off of them and on to john and make make things kind of awkward here but i always hated that line like you know he doesn't see shit like that like he's got some crazy ass like predator heat seeking vision or something like i always like god damn it like i hate that line um but basically um yeah, they go back upstairs because it kind of discourages Dan. And she says, you know, John notices a lot of things, but John doesn't see me. Um, and unfortunately, though, uh, <laughs> I guess Night Owl, it's been a while. He's having a, he's having some erectile dysfunction <laughs> issues. Um, but if you do look on his desk way in the background, there's a copy of Watchmen on his desk. I was like, oh, like I had to like, I mean, oh, really? I could. I, oh, shit, I, that's cool. I, I had to IMDb that shit. I, 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 fucking, I, I didn't see that myself. Um, but yeah, basically they, you know, <clears throat> try try their hand at banging a little bit, but unfortunately it doesn't work. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I love I love the way he ends the scene. He's like, oh hell, <laughs> you know, and he's like, it's just been a minute, you know. Um, but just kind of a quick scene with them. Then we move over to Rorschach in prison, and this. Uh, I, I can't remember this guy. I, I, all I can think about is this. His name. Uh, his name is Big Figure. Big Figure. But honestly, all I think about him is Mickey from Seinfeld. He's like one of Kramer's friends in Seinfeld. That's all I can see him as. Um, I can't remember. Oh my god, he's he's a great character on that show. <clears throat> but basically, he's you know he walks up with his two henchmen and talks about you know it's been 15 years since he's been in here. Uh, you know, there's over 50 guys in here that you put away, and I've talked to all of them. And they can't wait to get a PCU. You know, blah blah blah. And I, I love that. You know, what does he say? He's like Rorschach. He's like, hmm, small world. <laughs> I like um, I like I like this place is about to explode. Oh, dude, yeah, he's he and he's a, he's a good actor. He's been in a lot of stuff, hmm. um, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, basically, um, they're uh, you know they're they're talking about you know uh, what what does he say? He's like uh, he's like you know when this place explodes, you know they're gonna they're gonna tear they're gonna tear you apart. Um, what does he say? He's like tall order. <laughs> I, love, I love that shit. Everything's like a pun on size and um, yeah. Uh, but, we cut back to this weird dream, right? Yeah, yeah, it's super. This really iconic of them like kissing each other as the atomic bomb goes off, and they rip their skin off to have the costumes underneath. Which is, I guess, it's just kind of like uh, it's it's great imagery, but it can be somewhat confusing at times. Like, what's the symbolism for this? Like, what is this? What is this kind of mean? And there's so many different ways that you can interpret it. It's like. You know, literally, as as the world is ending, we're still worried about like our costumes and stuff like that, and it's kind of it's kind of almost vain, like a little bit. That's that's kind of what I took away from it. But I think there's a lot of different ways that oh. can be interpreted. But we get a nice shot of Patrick Wilson's ass. Um, that's that was yeah. like yeah. that that not that it bothers me, but I'm always like ah, I wasn't prepared for that. Like that's kind of startling. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, oh. uh, but. Uh, 
Yeah, basically, he goes on, you know, I'm tired of being afraid, afraid of this war, afraid of this damn suit. Uh, and they decide to go back out, you know, on patrol uh, just to kind of, you know, fuck it, man. Why not? The world could end. Well, who gives a shit? You know, and she says, you know, I'm used to going out at three o'clock in the morning and doing something stupid. Uh, but God, her walk down the steps, dude. I mean, <clears throat> when they come back out oh. and they're in full get up, it's like, dude, I mean, she's Malin Ackerman. You know, she might not be the best actress in the world. You know, I think she's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I, I like, uh, there's just something, I think she's like Swedish or something. Something about Swedish chicks, man. They don't like, there's not one unattractive Swedish <laughs> woman ever. Um, nope, nope, nope. But, uh, but yeah, basically they go on patrol and they find this, uh, they find this tenant fire, which thank God it had the super old night. 1950s wooden water tower on the top or this whole thing would have been well, fucked i was gonna say man like uh th- i feel like there's always a a fire in new york like this happening somewhere like spider-man one spider-man two like jesus christ like w- <laughs> we always have to rescue people from this fire from right, a fire yeah. in, in new york uh, but yeah, yeah I, I said that as well, actually. I wrote that in my notes. Like, thank God for the fucking water tower. And hey, instead of letting these guys fucking burn to death, let's drown them. Yeah, right. And it's like, uh, yeah, the, it's like they're, they all just, they're all locked in that one room and it fills up really quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, basically they they go in, uh, a good shot of her dropping in through the ceiling and, and that's that's really that's iconic cool. with the film. But they this save all the people. This is ballpark, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I hate the shot of her turning back around and running onto the ship as the fire is behind her. I just don't like the way it looks. That's just me personally. I think it's a frame rate mm. thing. I just don't like the way it looks. Um, but yeah, basically they save everybody, um, you know, drop them all off. Uh, the, the director's cut has a really funny part where the girl's like, mom, is that man Jesus? She's like, no, <laughs> uh, it's a pretty funny <laughs> line, but the, then we get probably one of the most awkward scenes of the movie. Hallelujah. Oh, hold on. Well, there was a secret code. <laughs> like, dude, I, I, I love, I, I love that song. Um, I love Jeff Buckley's version of it. That's the one that's a little, I kind of become a little bit more infamous. I think uh, it's the more modern one. I think Jeff Buckley's is the definitive one. But God, Leonard Cohen has a voice no. like he's uh, gargling raw coffee. Like I just, I don't fucking get his voice, man. It's terrible. And it's, do what? Like cust- he's gargling custard. Yeah, yeah, he's gargling custard <laughs> the whole time. Um, I this scene well, is just honestly this the 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 sound like the soundtrack might as well be. Yeah, seriously, it is. It, it, the scene doesn't bother me. It's just the music, and it's like, really, man, this is. Weird. That is a really odd choice for like the song right there. But but either way, I mean, it's it's a cool scene that kind of consummate their relationship because I guess now now once you've gone and saved a bunch of people and proved yourself worthy, now you can get it up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I guess it's a metaphor. Yeah. Um, but I, <clears throat> we cut back to Rorschach in prison. Same. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Wait, Colin. Oh, just one thing. I think um, just to expand on. Uh, Going back a little bit, right? Like, I hate to sorry, bring up, like, something from before, but, you know, that dream, like you said, everyone kind of has their own little sort of interpretations of what, what's happening in that dream where they kiss and the atomic bomb's blowing up behind them and shit like that. Uh, for me, like, the thing is, like, the ripping off the skin is obviously 
that's the real them, right? Like the costume heroes, that's mm-hmm. that's who they are. Um, and I think that kind of plays into this scene where they're kind of like fucking because like now they can actually like fuck and like be who they are because they've done the things that they were meant to do. Like, you know what I mean? Am yeah, I getting- it's kind of like with Warshak, you know, where he's like, you know, give me back my face. You know, it's like this is who yeah. we really are. And once we can kind of like accept that and move past it and re-embrace like who we are, then we can, you yeah. know, then, then we can kind of get other things in order. But um, yeah, I love this. Yeah. I love the scene with Warshak. <clears throat> and uh uh, you know, they're talking to you. I've been waiting 15 years, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that guy, get, he, your, your thumbs, my pleasure. Um, and God, what is definitely the goriest scene wait, of the wait, movie. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't, I didn't want to blow power past the, uh, <laughs> come on. Like he comes and then she hits the fire for Archie. <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. didn't want to go past that. Oh, dude, that's so. I'm just like, okay, I'm so, I get it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to take us back to that, but goddamn, like, yeah. <laughs> it is, anyway, it's ridiculous, anyway. man. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, these guys. Uh, uh, w- 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 is it Top Dollar? Is that what you said his name was? Uh, big figure. Big figure. Thank you. Close like, enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, he gets Lawrence's thumbs, ties his hands up, and uh, I mean, the goriest scene of the whole movie, uh, him sawing through his fucking arms and Rorschach's face, like he's flinching, but he's not blinking, and the blood just tatting up the side of his face. Like, mm, dude, mm. holy shit. Like, that is fucking brutal. Could they not, could they not have sawed around him? I don't. I don't really know. I mean, from, like, I, no, because I, I guess the doors wouldn't have opened. Uh, I think that's the only. I, I don't know. But, I mean, I mean he, he can still cut through the bars. Yeah, that's true. They probably could have just cut around him in, in some way. But hey, fuck it. They're just like, hey, man, it's a riot. Let's kill a couple more people. <laughs> um, uh, I think. I think it might have been like a matter of time for them, actually. Yeah, um, right. Because yeah. the the riot, like, because the, they're wanting to do this during the riot, right? Like, so it cutting around him would take more time. I don't know. Right. Okay. Um but yeah, this uh yeah, that that especially when the second guy charges in and he just slams his head into the toilet and lets the lets the the, the exposed wire electrocute him and he's like I, I I love that he's like he's like uh yeah just, all these years never disposed of sewage with a toilet before. Simple really. <laughs> um I, I love I love, yeah. I love that this 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 whole scene, like Rorschach does nothing. Like literally nothing he doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's just defending himself, himself. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and he's yeah. just like using that stupidity against them. But um, yeah, I love that. You know, two zero. You know, and he looks up and and uh, and big figure run, runs away into the crowd of people. Like that's so fucking funny. But um, yeah, after that, that's when you know, Ror- or that's when Rorschach, uh, you know, escapes and gets back to the doctor's office. And you know, where's my face? Uh, that's that's a that's a good scene. Puts the mask on. Tell me, what do you see, Doctor? Um, that's really good. Uh, but basically, Silk Spectre and Night Owl say they have a fraternal kind of a commitment to Rorschach to break him out because they know that there's no way that Rorschach murdered him. You know, Rorschach is a lot of things, but he's not gonna you know he's not gonna murder. Um, not going to murder somebody for for no good reason, you know. There's no reason for him to murder Moloch, and they know that. And then they say something's going on, something's been set up. Um, 
So we get the scene of them dropping into the prison. Uh, pretty cool scene. I, I, I like it pretty well. This is this is the fighting that I like. Their fighting is not over the top. They're not punching anybody through cool. a wall. Yeah. Like they're not doing anything super. Yeah, it's not anything superhuman. You know, it's just her, her and him working their way down that corridor, just fucking people up, which is yeah. pretty badass. It's a good scene. Um, it's, it's shot really well. The music's really good too. Yeah, just that great shot of Night Owl jumping up and the camera's behind him as he comes in and kicks kicks someone. I fucking love that. Uh, and her floor planning that guy as soon as he runs up. Like, that's pretty good. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, like, as they finally get their way towards the end of the hallway, they see Rorschach, uh, who is actually chasing Big Figure into the bathroom. And I love that. Like, Rorschach, he's like, must use restroom. They're like... And the look on their faces, they're just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. like he doesn't what say. What the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, he doesn't say thank you or anything or, hey, thanks for getting me, guys. You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I love that. You know, just the, just the, you know, how ominous the it is. Just that, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, man. And, you know, just the bloody water coming out afterwards. Like, I assume he just crushed this little guy into a toilet as much as he could and just flushed it. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I, like, I always imagined that he flushed him. Like, seriously, because, like, he, he, he flushed the toilet. So I was like, surely he fucking jammed this guy down the U-band for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but they go back to the to the owl cave, if we want to call it that. Um, and there's uh, there's Manhattan. Don't like, call it wait- that. Yeah, don't call it that. Um, but there's uh, there's Manhattan waiting for um, waiting for Silk Spectre, and John, I thought you were on Mars. You know, I am still there. We're about to have a conversation, and she just knows like I'm not. I can't even fight this. Like uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go. Um, but wait, uh, like we don't. It's just funny because like Manhattan's there, and fucking Patrick Wilson's like hooking about to hook up with uh, Spectre. Oh hey. Yeah. And when he so, sees him, sorry, he's, God, I just <laughs> yeah. Like when he so, sees him, sorry, he's kind of sorry, startled. God, I, I fired a I fired a rocket into your fucking missus over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I fucking love that. He kind of looks over and he's like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> like, <laughs> Rorschach, back me up, dude." Um, but this is a really good scene uh, between them. You know, obviously he takes uh, Silk Spectre to Mars. We're still left here with Night Owl and Rorschach. You know, uh, we need to you know squeeze under world contacts. You know, blah blah blah. You know, you've forgotten how we've done things. You've got and soft, especially with women, you know. And, and I've heard enough of that. You know, who, who the hell do you think you are, Rorschach? You, you you make a living off of treating people like shit, and then no one says anything because they all think you're fucking crazy. I've <laughs> um, I, I love that. That's so because no one's ever. It doesn't seem like anyone's ever looked at Rorschach before, who's that close to him, and been like, dude, what the fuck, you? You know, it's like they're all terrified of him. Uh, but Rorschach respects him for it. You know, Dan, I know I can be difficult at times, but you are a good friend. And that's great. That's one of the few scenes with Warshak that you really feel kind of just like, oh, you yeah. Know? It's like that's humanity. that's nice. That's right. Yeah, that's I like that humanity behind him. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I love I love I love uh, Night Owl. You're right. Let's do it your way. And they they take off again into the night and start looking around, uh, start squeezing some underworld contacts. The shot of his Archie, his ship coming up out of the water. Oh, that's great, man. I love the way that looks. That, that was looks a trailer really shot. Good. I'm pretty sure. Fuck yeah. Um, but basically, they go to a dive bar and look around for some kind of uh, – look around for some kind of clues and walk in. It's like, has anyone here ever heard of Pyramid Transnational? And everybody looks at that one guy and moves Just away from him. fucking looks at him. Well, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, backing me up. 
Yeah, he's like, I buy all you guys around, and this is what you do to me. Um, but dude, Rorschach, Rorschach fucking crushing that glass in his hand and just keeps breaking it in Ooh. and keeps breaking it in. Like, god damn. Um, but I mean, Jesus, this this is where we do get kind of like a dump of information, though, and it and it is a good it is a good you know, chunk of information that we that we need to figure out basically about. <clears throat> um, of, you know, what is going on at Pyramid, you know, Roy Chess, he was on Pyramid payroll, uh, he tried to kill Adrian Vite, you know, did you know him? You know, obviously he says no, he squeezes that hand down, all right, yeah, yeah, I hired him, you know, part, we're both work at Pyramid, um, you know, it's part of the plan there to hire um, uh, to hire ex-cons. Uh, you know, Miss Slater says it's part of their program. They're like, Jenny Slater? Yeah, yeah, she's a real nice lady, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she works at Pyramid Transnational as well, um, which is kind of a revelation, you know, which is like, okay, now <clears throat> now we're seeing all of this stuff kind of come together. Um, like, how were these all connected? Yeah, all now, the puzzles, all, all the pieces of the puzzles are coming together. Right, yeah, I, I fucking love that, but... Um, I I can't remember if this is in the theatrical cut or not. I think they actually might cut it out. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't. But I don't want to go past this. Is um, this does get left out with the death of Hollis Mason? Um, basically, Hollis Mason is beaten to death by these uh, uh, not talks. You know that we've uh, talked about earlier. And there's that one sitting in the bar. Um, and I love as Patrick Wilson is coming up to him. He's like, "Oh man, why well, I knew you were going to profile me. A lot of people wear this style." And dude, he kicks him fucking out of the chair. And just starts wailing on him in the fucking teeth. And I love the, uh, who killed Hollis Mason? He fucking, God, Patrick Wilson has a great delivery there. Because he's not really intense like that ever. We don't really see him scream. We don't see, really see him, like, get angry I like think, that. I think I've seen the director's cut once because I, I do remember that. Like, it wasn't in the it wasn't in this cut, but I, I do remember seeing that. So, yeah, it, I, it's, definitely, I, it's definitely familiar. I love that because as he's fucking wailing on him, he had, I will kill this whole city and wring you by your goddamn neck. And Rorschach, it's Daniel, not in front of the civilians. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, dude. Like, it's it's funny to see Rorschach finally being like, easy, dude. <laughs> like, calm yeah, down. Calm down. Everybody calm down. Um, <laughs> Django. Yes. but, um, yeah, we cut back to Mars with, uh, Lori and Dr. Manhattan, um, which is, I mean, these scenes go on forever. Sometimes it feels like, oh, um, good Lord. It's, it's, it's good. Like, I, I like that we cut back and forth between it, but she's basically trying to convince Dr. Manhattan to give a shit about anybody. Um, <clears throat> she, he says, we're going to have a conversation, you know, in it, you try to stop me to ask, you, or you try, you asked me to try and stop the imminent nuclear war, but why would I save a world that I no longer have a stake in? You know, would you, then she says, you know, would you do it for me? You know, if you really care, when you left me, I left Earth. You know, does that not show you that I care? Like, some, some, some good dialogue between the two of them. Um, especially, you know, my red world here now means more to me than your blue one. Here, let me show you. And we basically get the tour of Mars via, you know, Dr. Manhattan. Um, <clears throat> but we cut from Mars um, back to the war room where, you know, Nixon is talking about um, – well, actually, yeah, that's just like a small scene. I don't really think it's anything – I think they just drop down to like another DEF CON uh, and talk about how um, – yeah, they 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 ended up just dropping dropping down to DefCon one, but then we cut back over to uh, Rorschach and Night Owl, kind of breaking into Vite Industries, going into his files and seeing what's going on. Um, Basically, they figure out that Vite uh, Industries uh, is the parent company of Pyramid Transnational. 
Right, yeah. Um, and I've seen that was super, super fucking long. Um, but I, 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 want, I don't want to go past the one part, though, of Rorschach where he's talking about um, – where he's, where he's talking about, you know, the pharaohs believed uh, – the, the pharaoh the, – what is it? The pharaohs believed that, uh, you know, their possessions would carry with them into the afterlife, uh, that they could be- believe that their cadavers would rise and reclaim hearts from golden jars at the end of the world, must currently be holding breath in anticipation. <laughs> I, I love that line. Um, but it's yeah, so Nida – Night Owl's just kind of hacking, uh, or hacking, quote unquote, just kind of taking shots in the dark at this pass, uh, the password, uh, and that's where um, you know he sees the Ramses the second thing, punches in the password and pulls up these different files. Now, did you notice one of the files? What it's called? Did you see it at all? When he brings uh, up no, the computer screen, what was it? It says boys. It just it just says oh. boys. Like I guess it's a catalog of of men. Like because they they kind of uh, um, they I'm trying to think of the right word. Like, allude to the fact that Osmodeus is is gay. Which I mean, who gives a fuck? I don't really care. It's actually funny in the director's cut. Rorschach talks about that. He's like Adrian Veidt, world's smartest man, possibly homosexual. Must investigate further. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which is fucking great. But like you said, they, they wind up finding out that uh, Vite International is the parent company for uh, Pyramid Transnational. Um, and that's where we get this cut to Antarctica with Vite with all these researchers who have been working on this energy reactor of Dr. Manhattan's. Um, <clears throat> but it's not an energy reactor at all. And basically all of these people have been, I, I, <clears throat> I guess, given cyanide or some kind of knockout thing. Not that it really matters because all of these doctors and all these people – he basically lights up in an intrinsic field stabilizer. Um, but he does have a couple of good lines here. I, I definitely like the, you know, our new world will be indebted to your great sacrifice. And it is for this of which I feel ashamed for you to su- share such an inadequate reward. And it's like, damn, that's good, dude. Like it's, it's a bit of monologuing. It's a big, it's a bit of showboating, but um, you know, this guy, Osmodeus seems like he constantly sits on the steps of grandeur. You know, he's always like the, always talking about greatness and power and world peace. And he's a, he's a big, big picture kind of guy, but unfortunately, you know, he's having to do like, moral like backflips to get to whatever the fuck he is you know to to get his morality kind of straight um and i love that he actually has an intrinsic field stabilizer we haven't seen it that outside of the i think it's called gilla flats is where manhattan has turned into manhattan Um, yeah gilla flats yeah but yeah, we cut back. Uh, you know, Rorschach is dropping off his journal at the Frontiersman. Uh, you know, uh, bites behind everything. I couldn't possibly realize a more dangerous opponent. You know, he used to say that he was so fast that he could catch a bullet. You know, he, he could kill both of us out there in the snow. Um, whether or not I'm alive at the reading of this, just as long as it, you know, just as long as the world is around long enough for you to read this. You know, and that's that's the basically the last journal, last entry of his infamous journal that we've been hearing from the whole time. Um, and you know, we're, this is, we're moving through this kind of quickly, but quite frankly, it's cutting back and forth between a lot of different scenes, um, like two or three different ones until now. And we're kind of starting to consolidate them as we're getting into the last kind of getting in the last half hour of this. Um, Silk Spector, uh, continues to try to convince, uh, Manhattan to help her, you know, John, if you don't help, everyone will die and the universe will not even notice. 
in my opinion, the existence of life as a highly overrated phenomenon. Like, damn, dude. Like, he's just getting Fuck. farther and farther and farther Jesus. away. Like, I, but there is something to be, I would be like, yeah, but you are life. Like, you wouldn't exist right now if you had not been human first. Like, don't get too big for your britches, mm-hmm. dude. Like, come on. Um, but he's got a good point. He's like, you know, Mars gets along just fine without a single microorganism. How would this place be better with an oil pipeline or a shopping mall? Um, you know, I've, I've, I love that. Just kind of like the industrialization of a, of a planet. Uh, I think that's I think that's really great. Um, what, what do you think about these scenes between the two of them on Mars? Just kind of going back and forth. Uh, I think it's a bit schlocky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it is a bit. Like you said, it does feel like filler. Um, I think the only sort of uh, the only sort of real importance is here, right? Like where we find out that the comedian is is her father. Right. Yeah, she's basically asking John for a miracle, and miracles are by their own definition meaningless, you know. And he's just always got a rebuttal. It's like impossible to defeat him, but. Um, she says, send me back to Earth and let me fry with mom and Dan and all the other worthless human beings. But just know that you were wrong, that this did not end with me in tears, which he predicted earlier. Um, you know, I love his line. You know, you continuously refuse to see life on on. You know, you say that I don't see life on life's terms, but you continually refuse to see things from my point of view. Um, this is where he kind of gives her the flashbang, you know, the touch to the forehead. And we see the montage of finally her piecing everything together that uh, Edward Blake is. Is her, uh, is her father with these great scenes between her stepdad and her mom arguing about how you know guys try guy tries to rape you and you know years later you let him finish the job where you're just drunk or lonely and blah 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 that guy's a real fucking asshole by the way um like i guess who whoever becomes like her stepfather quote unquote yeah um, but yeah, I love these flashes, really good montages of, uh, you know, and <clears throat> especially the scene where he's talking to Lori outside of the first Watchmen meeting. And uh, I guess the f- original Silk Spectre thinks he's trying to pick her up. And I love, he's like, Jesus, you know, can a friend say hello to his <clears throat> old friend's kid? You know, and he kind of plays it off. And you're like, okay, something the fuck is going on? Because as they're driving off, uh, in the limo and Lori looks back to the comedian and just that great he's almost like silhouetted and you see those, the, the puff of smoke from the cigar I, I love that that's really really it. good yeah. um, but uh, and I love the way this ends you know am I ever going to live this down and she looks at Lori and everything kind of pops back out um, but this is really great from Malin Ackerman I think she does a great job when, when the realization hits her that the comedian's her father I think it's one of her strongest if not the strongest performance from her because you can tell it's 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 really visceral she is um, I mean it's it's a great it's a great reaction it's not over the top but it's it's just it's just enough it suited me just fine what did you think to her reaction to this do you think it was okay like uh, it was a little I don't know. I don't know. Her, she she doesn't. She is good in these sequences, but she's she's a little a little too much. I think. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's like she's been unlikable for the last two hours. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, like I, I can see that. It's hard to like when you start off bad. It's kind of hard to turn it around. But when you start off good and you have a bad scene later on, it's like I, I can forgive that. But um, yeah, I, I definitely like her reaction to all of this. Um, you know, my life's a big joke. I don't think your life's a joke. Yeah, well, 
I don't really trust your sense of humor right now. <laughs> That's a good – I like that exchange. That's really good. But this is some of the – I'm just going to say it's the best it, – it, it is the best dialogue in the entire film. Um, him talking about you know miracles and uh, admitting that he was wrong about miracles and going into the thermodynamic miracle. Um, that is just – God, his whole his whole speech is fucking just look brilliant. Um, <clears throat> where he goes on about um, you know thermodynamic miracles, uh, events with odds so astronomical of not happening that you know they're basically impossible, like seeing air turned into gold. And yet, in any every human coupling, a uh, hundred millions of sperm compete to create life for generation after generation until finally. <clears throat> Your mother loves a man she has every reason to hate, the comedian, and out of you, uh, out of that improbability of chaos, it is only you that emerge. The thermodynamic miracle, like turning air into gold. I was like, God damn, dude. Like, that's fucking great. Like, that is really, really it's great. Well and, it's really well written, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's all from the comic. That's all That's all Alan, Alan Moore. Uh, to, dispel, to distill so specific a form from all that chaos, it's like turning air into gold. I was like, God, that's fucking great, man. I didn't want to miss – I didn't want to miss – pronounce that or or move past it because that's just that's that's one of my imagine dropping in and saying that to a girl you know panties would fall dude like i mean <laughs> it's, it is such a Moist good like shit. yeah right like you can drown a baby in that shit um but uh <laughs> but i love as they're pulling back and he's like you know so i admit that i was wrong dry your eyes let's go home and as they're pulling back it's the smiley face on mars which actually is a real thing that's there somehow they don't really know how it got there um but I do love that that's kind of like historically accurate and fits Wait, in what? with the – Really? Yeah. <clears throat> um, sorry, I've got something stuck in my throat. Um, there's, uh, but there's a there's a, a kind of a smiley face on Mars and they don't know really where it came from. It's it's just uh, – like like that? Like that pronounced? I don't think it's that pronounced. I think it's just something that looks kind of like a face. It's like some rocks or something like that. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure there is some kind of smiley face on Mars, and it's somewhat historically accurate. Like, they're just kind of alluding to the fact that it's Dr. Manhattan that created it. Um, but, yeah, oh, okay. basically, <clears throat> basically, they end up going back to Earth. Um and but before that, we cut back to Rorschach and Night Owl uh, because they're heading into Antarctica, but <clears throat> not without Archimedes. This ship going through some totally this is terrifying to me, honestly. Like <clears throat> your ship falling apart, and you're in the middle of Antarctica, and the engines are freezing up. And you know, <laughs> Daniel, uh, you're coming in too low. You know, not to <laughs> what he says something. He's like, uh, don't wish to interfere with running of ship, but perhaps you should pull up sharply. <laughs> I love that. That's really great. Um, because, you know, of course, he's like, I'm trying to fucking pull up, dude. Um, but with great music here. You know, that's where we uh, cue all on the Watchtower with Jimi Hendrix, which is so fucking great. Um, but uh, just this just this whole scene of them landing. And I, I love <clears throat> Night Owls, you know, got kind of got the, the thermal Night Owl gear on as he's sw- switching the flamethrowers over to the engines to help them fall out. Uh, I love he's like, you, you need something warmer. Is it fine like this? You know, it's just God. The guy never complains. He doesn't bitch about anything. You know about Rorschach. Uh, he could fucking care less. It's like below and f- freezing there, and he's just got <clears throat> some kind of like fedora and like a pea coat on. It's fucking crazy. Um, <clears throat> but what do you think about this whole uh, fort? I guess they call it Karnak. What do you think about this whole fortress in Antarctica? 
See, this is the part where I was like, uh, it's a little, it's a little much. Um, I don't know why. I, I think it, uh, just a. We've seen so much kind of like science fiction in this movie so far. I don't know why this kind of temple in Antarctica uh, is like a a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, I was just like, oh yeah, okay, I can deal without it. It's it's more, it's less what happens. It's less about the temple, but more about what happens here. Like I just, I don't like how we get into Vite's kind of monologuing, and I just kind of shut off. A little See, bit. I I will respectfully disagree when when we get to that point. Um, but I love as they're as they're breaking in. You know, he's like Adrian. You know, Adrian wouldn't hurt anybody. For God's sakes, the guy's a vegetarian. Hitler was a vegetarian. <laughs> I love that rebuttal <laughs> to it. Um, yeah, you're squeamish. Leave him to me. I'm like, damn, Rorschach is fucking direct, dude. Um, but basically, they try to get the jump on him as he's watching 20 million TVs at the same time. He's He's actually watching some pretty cool shit. There's um, Rambo First Blood Part 2. There's Mad Max. There's a lot of shit up there that he's watching. There's some fucking good-ass movies. Um, But like I said, they try to get the jump on him, and it totally does not work. Um, I love... I love that the one weapon that Night Owl tries to use as, you know, Rorschach goes in for the jump. He misses. He throws the chair at Night Owl. Night Owl ends up, like, cutting the thing in half with that, like, laser beam gun. Um, But he, like, like, of course, you know, Adrian immediately destroys it. Um, But, but yeah, this is where, you know, like you said, we're talking about he starts getting into all of this, like, showboating of – um, you know, uh, giving up his like master plan, and you know, which is, <clears throat> I mean, how many times do we see this in comic book movies and stuff? But there is a twist to this that I actually really love. It's you know, he's going into this whole spiel about how he murdered the comedian. Uh, Nixon had the comedian keeping tabs on him, and he found out first, and that's you know why he had to die. And of course, him cracking to Moloch, that's why Moloch had to die. Um, and uh, you know the whole thing he uh, he generated um, Manhattan's exile you know just to, through his his profile uh, spent two billion dollars on tachyon research to block his vision of the future um, but says that you know he read John like a book you know and even the slightest facial twitches of John he could he could tell and he could see that the, he was basically sobbing and that he was in some kind of pain um, he which purposely gave people cancer. Right, yeah, dude, and he fucking gave – I mean, and how long did that take, though? Like, years? Like, how long were you doing this? Like, how many people got cancer that weren't a part of anybody who was around Dr. Manhattan? Like, how many people got cancer in this fucking place? Like, it's crazy. Um, But – this is where, you know, he talks about giving Roy Chess the cyanide pill, uh, setting up Rorschach and, you know, killing Moloch. Um, but th- this is uh, <clears throat> another thing that gets me, you know, ob- and he just keeps kicking their asses as they keep coming back. Um, and, I mean, God, I mean, flooring Night Owl and kicking, kicking Rorschach into that fucking column. Like, oh, dude, I can feel that when he slams into it. But this is something we talked about. We didn't get too crazy into it. But as they start fighting again, there's Night Owl, you know, and he, we're supposed to make the world a better place. That's what I'm trying to do by, you know, human extinction, mass genocide, you know, blah, 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 and start swinging on him. How do they know what he's doing? How do they know that he's mm. about to set off these bombs? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, I, I get it that they, they start figuring out that he's up to something and that he's he's uh, he killed the comedian and he's setting up all of this stuff. Um, 
but I don't get how they know that he's got all of these reactors and he's going to be setting off all these bombs. I guess you just kind of maybe there's something because this is the theatrical cut. Maybe there's something in the director's cut or the ultimate cut that we're just not seeing that they've they've kind of figured out. But I, I just you know it wasn't really until these viewings that I was like, wait, how do they know that? You know, I just like, I don't want to pick that. I, I, I never like uh, yeah, it didn't really occur to me. I asked that question, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I don't want to spend like too terribly much time on it because it's not super important. I mean, they're going to figure it out regardless because the motherfucker's standing right there in front of him giving out his whole plan. Um, and basically he says that this is pay- this is payment for flirting with World War III. Uh, you know, you're going to kill millions, yes, to save billions. Um, and I love you. We're not going to let you do that. You know, do that. Rorschach, I'm not some comic book villain. I love that line. That's so good because in the comic book, he says, I'm not a Republic serial villain. Like he's not like a uh, – it's 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 so good. There's a lot of stuff. But this is where I'm talking about. I don't mind the showboating and I don't mind the whole um, exposition and giving away my master stroke because he's like – you know, he even says, do you think I would sit here and tell you all of this if you could affect the outcome in the slightest possibility? And I love they kind of they kind of pan on Rorschach and Night Owl and then they cut back to Osmodeus and he's like, I activated it 35 minutes ago. Like, oh, dude, as soon as you hear that – I do cuts- like that. Yeah, I, I like that he wins. Yeah, basically. Um, what is interesting, though, is when they cut to those screens and you see all the other ones have gone off except for the one in New York. Dead man. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, this is where I think the movie does a, a good job versus the comic book because at the end of the comic book, for those who don't know, it's like a giant psychic squid that gets teleported into New York. And it, and that's what explodes and kills millions of people. Um Really, really weird choice. I think that they did such a better job with this, with it just being a machine. And, you know, they think that they're helping make a renewable source of energy by replicating Dr. Manhattan's power. Um, I thought this was a way better improvement over the graphic novel. And it's I'd like and, and it, it's, it's the only thing I will say that it really has over the graphic novel um, is the ending and how they decided to change that a little bit. But if you look on the screen, what's funny is the acronym for the bomb is SQUID, S. Q U I D and it's it's actually like a it's like systematic you know correlate blah 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 you know some big word um or, that ends up being an acronym for like squid so they kind of pay a little homage to it but they're not you know beating you over the head with it you know it's it's because uh, I know you've read uh, you know I know you've said you've read it before in the past but like what do you think of the way that this ends versus the way that the comic book ends like do uh, you, it's a lot. It's a, it fits a lot with the tone and the style of what they've set up before. So it's definitely a it's yeah because I, I remember I remember I remember the squid from the end uh, yeah, of the book it's, and it's I was just of- like it's it's fucking weird it's jarring. Yeah, it's silly, man. But um, we cut back to Nixon in the war room after the bombs go off, uh, which I don't want to go back, go past that bomb going off because, I mean, oh, my God, just seeing the buildings getting sucked in for like half a second and then blown all back out. Like, holy shit. And uh, we see Rorschach psychiatrist caught up in the middle of it. Um, I mean, oh, my God. And just the image of that, the newspaper guy and that young man kind of embracing each other as they lift up off the ground. 
is such a great shot straight out of the comic book. It's beautiful, beautiful artwork. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, Henry, like fucking Nixon talking to Henry Kissinger about, you know, why didn't we get a launch detection? You know, they started talking about the energy signature is that of Dr. Manhattan's. This isn't the Soviets. Um, and then, of course, Dr. Manhattan shows up on the scene right there with Lori. And uh, he's like, you know, this is not nuclear war. I did this. You know, you did this. Well, not me directly, but it's made to look like me. And that's where he figures out that it's Adrian uh, and goes to Antarctica to confront Adrian. You know, I, I, I love that. Um, as he's walking past, you know, uh, as soon as Dr. Manhattan shows up, speak of the devil. <laughs> and uh, Adrian kind of runs off and uh, he's like, killed the comedian, killed millions. I know. Stay here. <laughs> and he just keeps walking with like, fuck all of you guys. None of you guys matter. I'm here. Now I'm here and we can resolve this. Um but I love um, as Dr. Manhattan is walking down there and he gets in the intrinsic field stabilizer. He's like, Adrian, the tachyons were clever, but even if I couldn't see the future, I could just turn the walls to glass and find you. I'm like, dude, that is – oh, man, that kind of frightens me a little bit because it's like, fuck, man. Like this guy could do it. Like you can just turn your bones into like boiling hot tea. Like fuck, man. Like that's so terrifying. All the different ways he could just fucking find you and, 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 and kill me. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah this, me, this whole thing with, uh, you know, he's got the intrinsic field stabilizer rips Dr. Manhattan apart again, uh, and, uh, and sacrifices his weird kind of lynx uh, animal bubastus, which is really cool looking. Actually, I would love to have that thing. That thing looks fucking is, wicked. The, the CG is just a bit shoddy on it, but yeah, it looks great. Yeah, I definitely agree. The CG is kind of meh, but, uh, Adrian emerges thinking he's victorious. Silk Spectre pulls out a gun and fires a cap in his ass, which he thoroughly catches. Uh, I love as he kicks her and just sends her straight back into the steps. That's that's a really good shot. I do like that. That, but that's kind of like that momentum that we're talking about. That impossible strength that yeah, these guys have. The superhero. <clears throat> yeah. Right, but I can look past it. It's like okay, I've made it this far. Um, <laughs> but. Um, I love this whole scene, especially with uh, Night Owl. You know, if you've heard her, Dan, shut up. He's like, my new world requires less obvious acts of heroism. I'm like, that's great, man. I, I, I do like a lot of what Vite is saying because he is kind of like, dude, the way we've done things is not working anymore. He's like, this we're going to have to do something new and something different. Um, and I, I don't agree with what he's doing, but I agree with with his position of like dude this is not working anymore we've got to we've got to do something big to fix this world i do agree with that but i just don't agree with what he does um but of course you know uh dr manhattan reemerges. you know adrian i'm very disappointed that's really great i love that uh it felt very like ghostbusters 2 when they bust through the top of that thing <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i love that um but uh, and especially the line, you know, uh, reassembling myself was the first thing I learned. And I, this is really important, and I don't want to blow past this because he says, it didn't kill Osterman. What makes you think it would kill me? And he's like, he is so far removed from who he quote unquote is. Like, I'm not John Osterman anymore. Like, I've, I, I haven't been that person in decades. And it makes sense because he's like, you know, I'm not him anymore. You know, like, I am literally a new person. I am totally different. You know, I, I, I love that. I love that he actually kind of makes that distinction. And it's, I, I think it's something definitely worth noting um, because I, I think it kind of gets lost in some things sometimes. But I'm like, man, I always love that part. I think that's a great, a great response. 
response. But of course, Adrian has the the pyramid black thing in his hand. What is that? Another super weapon? It, yes, actually. And turns on the TVs. And there we see Nixon having his uh, emergency, you know, State of the Union kind of like address and talking about that he's been in contact with uh, the Kremlin or the Russian premier or the Politburo and uh, going on about how they've decided to, you know, start a ceasefire and that uh, the whole world is basically now coming together. Uh, Two superpowers retreating from war is what Adrian says. I've saved the earth from hell. And you can really read it in Dr. Manhattan's face too. He's actually like his, his brows kind of furrowed. His eyes are fixated. His mouth is open. Like it's one of the most human shots like of him the whole time. He's seen, he's very like, he doesn't really understand or he, he understands what's going on, but he's, it's one of the few times he seems almost kind of caught off guard. And I like that. I like that we actually see Manhattan kind of having to kind of contemplate something, not automatically knowing what's going on or knowing the answer, but he's kind of got to think about what's going on. Um, and I love this because we're basic. We basically have all of the Watchmen in one room for like the first time, um, except for the comedian, you know, and this or for the first time in the events of this movie. You know, we've seen them before in the older meetings of the Watchmen, but this is one of the first times we see all of them together in the same room. And it's uh, it's crazy because here are these people who try to save the world and they're, they're all in here basically saying, you know, we have to be quiet about this, uh, which is fucking nuts, man. I think that's so crazy. Um, but, um, I mean, what do you think about what Adrian does? Like, I know, I mean, I assume you don't necessarily agree with it, but do you think that oh, it would yeah. actually work? Like, do you think that it would actually be pulled off? No, I, I agree with them. Let's fucking nuke the world. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> no, um, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I think <sighs> it's, it's tough. Uh, I mean, because you're talking about, like, kill millions to save billions, right? But, I mean, like... A plan like this, you can't you can't see what the outcome would be. Like you know right. what I mean. Like nothing's been tried on this scale, like ever. So like you you can't really you can't really you've got no evidence as to what what the outcome might be. Even if you do maintain this lie, right? Like that that they do because the Watchmen. What ha- what happens is, you know, Rorschach Rorschach isn't good with this, right? He wants to tell the truth. He wants to expose this for what yeah. it is, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. It's murder, um, uh, and that's genocide. ultimately yeah, yeah, genocide. It's it's what gets gets him killed. So I don't know. I I think Vite's plan is uh, maniacal, but I mean, what can they do now? Like they can't do anything about it. They can't turn back time. Yeah, he's forced um, their hand into into yeah. being a party to this. Um and exactly. not to go off on <clears throat> not to go off on too much of a tangent, uh, but the DC rebirth that's going on uh right now, apparently um that's got a lot to do with Watchmen. And in their universe, it doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. apparently <clears throat> I guess through Rorschach's journal, uh somebody puts two and two together and realizes that Adrian Veidt murdered all of these people and it's not Dr. Manhattan. And they, they actually call it the great lie. And I'm like, oh shit, like I need to read that, man. Like it's kind of like a sequel to Watchmen, but it's more about like DC it's more about like DC characters and Justice League and stuff. Um, but that's got a lot to do with Dr. Manhattan and shit. So I'm super excited to read that. 
Um, but basically, yeah, you know, by exposing me, you'll undo all of the, you know, you'll undo everything I've done today. And, Dan, you know, <clears throat> all of this will be for nothing, you know, and he's like, uh, he's like, you know, ultimately we'll have peace. He's like, peace that's built on a lie. He's like, yes, but peace nonetheless. And mm-hmm. I, I, I love, you know, Dr. Manhattan. He's right. You know, he's like, <clears throat> we can't tell anybody what's going on today. You know, on Mars, you taught me the value of life. If we hope to preserve it here, we must remain silent. So I think this 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 sequence is what makes Rorschach my favorite character. I think I love this sequence. Yeah, it's really. I mean, yeah. Tell, tell me about this scene. You take me through it. Well, basically, Manhattan confronts Rorschach just saying, you know, you can't you can't do this. I mean, like like you said, Colin, like. If if Rorschach exposes what happens here, then it's all for nothing. Like you know, everyone goes back to war. It's it's all it's all a lie. And Rorschach just basically says, "Well, you're gonna have to kill me." Uh, right? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Basically, yeah. And I <clears throat> I love this scene as he as he goes out there and obviously, uh, it, well, Night Owl kind of you know <clears throat> Night Owl chases after him, but I love he looks right at Doctor Manhattan. He's like. Don't even think about it. Like you, you can tell he's re- he's reading Doctor Manhattan's mind. He's like, "No, you fucking don't, man. Like, don't you fucking dare." Um, but unfortunately, yeah, <clears throat> uh, Manhattan kind of confronts uh, Rorschach out in the snow, um, and I love this scene. For I mean, obviously, it's it's just a great scene. But the little details. Do you notice the snow? As they're talking to each other, yeah. that oh, like the snow stopped. freezes in place. It's like, oh my god, it's so fucking great. Uh, but like, uh, like Jackie O'Haley's fucking great, man. Like, do it, and then oh, just yes. like, just a wave, fucking a wave of his hand. Like that's all it takes to kill, to kill this guy, man. Like it's like no emotions or anything. Like it's just a wave. Like he doesn't even lift his arm. It's just like that's it. He's gone. Right. And he just He's, blows up into fucking blood and guts, and I love I love Night Owl's reaction, dude. I I don't want to go past what Rorschach says, just because he, I mean he's kind of one of the only people who really sticks it to Manhattan. Uh, I love uh, you know he's like you know I can't I, you know truth must be told I have to go tell people he's like I can't let you do that and he's like oh suddenly you find uh, what he's like all of a sudden you know you find uh, oh god damn it he's he's basically all of a sudden you find humanity convenient. You know, and like I, yeah. I love that. Basically, saying all of a sudden now you give a shit. You know, if you'd have given a shit from the beginning, you know this wouldn't be a fucking problem. But he rips the mask off, and he's like, uh, "If you, yeah, if you'd cared from the start, you know, none of this would have happened." He's, you know, and uh, yeah, and he basically says, "But you know, what's what's one more body amongst foundations?" I'm like, "Damn, dude, like that's I God. He's got him fucking. He's got Manhattan dead, dead nailed, yeah, nailed dead to rights." And I, I love that. Um, he's one of the yeah, Rorschach, who is one of those fucked up people, and one of the you know morally gray area people, is one of the only ones to get Manhattan kind of against the wall. Be like, you know, you're wrong, and I love that. Like he, Manhattan knows that he's wrong, but unfortunately, he has to go about it now. It's like, damn, that's good, dude. Rorschach's not the one I thought would have Manhattan in kind of like a bit of a pinhole, you know? Like he fucking he gets him though, man. I love that. But like you said, you know, he just wave of the hand explodes him. Night Owl. A great reaction, you know, ripping off the mask, and we got a big bloody Rorschach left out in the snow, and that's yep. basically all that's left. But uh, Doctor Manhattan tells uh, Silk Spectre, you know, 
uh, that I'm going to, you know, basically that, she, that he's going to leave, you know, and she said, I thought you learned the value of life. He's like, well, I have, you know, in fact, I think I actually might go create some, leave this galaxy for a one that's not so complicated. Um, and uh, we get this confrontation between Night Owl and Osmodeus, just him tackling him, beating the shit out of him, uh, you know, trying to get some kind of retribution. You know, he can't walk out of there without throwing some kind of punch or feeling like he did something because that's that's just what Night Owl is used to. He's used to being able to punch his way out of situations. And it's like, dude, you can't do it. Like, it's just not going to work this time. And it's sad, man, to see the realization on his face. Um you know, it's, he's, he's talking about, no, you haven't idealized mankind. You've, you've mutilated it. You've deformed it. That's your legacy. Like, damn, that's good, man. That is – Patrick Wilson is outstanding in this scene, especially nobody has their masks on anymore. Nobody gives a fuck. They're, they're, they're all down to like their, the, the, the real them, and I, I like that a lot. Uh, they're not standing on ceremony. You know, they're just kind of like going at it as, as friends almost. Um but yeah, we get uh, you know Silk Spectre and Night Owl leaving uh, Karnak, and uh, you know we do get a little bit of remorse from Osmodeus. You know he's like, I've I've tried to make myself feel every death possible. You know which is I mean, dude, you're fucking. It's like 15 million people you just killed. You have no idea. You can't possibly even begin to imagine like the carnage and stuff you you fucking ensued. But you can't um, you can't atone for that shit, man. Right, yeah. There's no fucking way, man. Um, I, I like. I do. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with his philosophy of like, you, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You know, it's kind of like when you have a fire, you start a bigger fire next to it, and it sucks away the oxygen. Like, I do kind of understand that, but, uh, but not obviously not. If if he's so worried about the universe and worried about you know everyone nuking each other why doesn't he just set off the bombs then blame himself and then go into hiding like why does he have to do manhattan it's like no you want to have your cake and eat it too and it doesn't work that way like you want to you want to keep your hands clean and fix the world and it, it doesn't work that way and I, I i would have liked to have seen somebody bring that point up to him like you could do this and not blame john but you don't want to do that I, I think that's a i've always if i were in that room i would have been like you little bitch like <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what you're fucking doing but um yeah we're back on earth you know i don't know if this is months later or sometime later in the future but we've got night owl and the two silk specters and um the two silk specters kind of have a good um a bonding moment, kind of repairing their relationship. Uh, Lori admits that she knows that the comedian was her father, that she loves her mom, that she's always, yeah, you know, even though we've butted heads, I know you've always tried to do what was right for me. And, you know, I love you. Um, and I love this, you know, Night Owl shows up and Carlo Gigino slaps him on the ass, walks away, pounds a fucking martini <laughs> in the background, kind of away from everyone. Um, but, um, but yeah, this and this is. I mean, I gotta say, this is absolutely one of my favorite lines from um, from the entire comic book. Um, I I, I, be, I believe that it said right here. Um, you know, where he's like, you know, so how do you think it's all? You, you think it was all worth it in the end? She's like, John would say nothing ever ends. I love that line because to him, nothing ever ends. It's always past, present, and future simultaneously. Um, and I like that they slid this line in here because of in the in the comic book that is actually the last thing that Veidt says to Manhattan. He's like, John, I did oh. the right. He's like, John, I, I did the it. right. Yeah, he's like, I, I did the right thing, didn't I, John? He's like, yeah, in the end, I did the right thing. And he's like. Nothing ever ends, Adrian. Nothing ever ends. I'm like, God, that's so good. That's and it's the last thing Manhattan says before he disappears. Um, 
but we see them kind of like rebuilding the world. Uh, we've got a bunch of, you know, the Vite blimps and, um, you know, we see a little bit of the destruction. But, um, but yeah, that's when our very last scene we cut over to uh, the, the – is it the Frontier? Yeah, the yeah, the Frontiersman. I thought it was the new Frontiersman. Um, but basically, uh, we're at the place where Rorschach has dropped off his uh, his journal. The editor is, you know, everybody's singing songs of Kumbaya and talking about world and peace and shit. And he's like, you know, uh, he's like, what are we going to write about? And he's like, well, uh, Ronald Reagan says he's going to run in 88. <laughs> and he's like, we're not going to print that crap here. <laughs> That's so great because he's totally fucking president uh, in, in the real world in 1988. Six. Um, what's funny in the comic book, it's not Ronald Reagan. They talk about running for president. It's Robert Redford. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> um, but basically, the editor's like, you know, he's a he, yeah, uh, the, the young man's like, you know, well, I can just pull something from the crank file. He's like, the crank file. Do whatever you want. Take some initiative around here. And that's where he finds Rorschach's journal. Tonight, a comedian died in New York. And then we get fucking Desolation Row by My Chemical Romance. One of my favorite bands, actually. Um, oh, dude. But, uh, back, in year, back in year seven, I was all about that shit. Oh, man. They're, they're a good band. Or they were a great band. But either, either way, yeah. That's fucking Watchmen, man. That's the end of it. Um, that's it. Yeah. All two hours and 48 minutes of it. Um, but... Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited to have this one in the bag now. Um, I've been a big fan of this movie for a long time. Um, big fan of the comic book. Um, I know they've done a couple of prequels, the Before Watchmen's. Um, those have nothing to do with Alan Moore or Dave Gibbons, but they are actually some decent stories. I've read a couple of them, especially the one with Doctor Manhattan uh, of the Before Watchmen. I highly suggest anybody wa- or read that because it's really, really, really good. And I'm really excited for them to be putting this out on HBO now. Um, they're going to be doing the television show about it. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go. I think David they said Goyer. it's. Is it David Goyer? I believe so. Oh, word. Uh, I know it's got fucking Don Knotts from Nash Bridges and Django and Miami Vice. I'm like, okay, like I'm kind of curious as to how they're going to do it. Um, I don't know if they're going to modernize it or not. I hope they don't. You know, it's it's just because the era of things, you know, it's the Cold War. That's why everything clicks and the tone of everything works really well. But I, I'm, I'm definitely – if I don't have the HBO channel, I need to watch it. I'm going to order it just to watch Watchmen. You can bet your ass on that. Um, but I love this movie. I definitely own it. I actually got rid of my $5 copy the other day because I got the fucking Watchmen Ultimate Cut now. Uh, like I said, which we are doing the giveaway for. We're going to be picking a winner or what? Monday, you say? Probably Monday. Um, so I'll probably drop the episode on Monday, Australia. So probably tomorrow. Okay, word. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that sounds good. We'll be picking a winner. And uh, we've had a few people in her so far. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Just uh, first time we've been doing it. If it goes well, I hope it's something that we keep doing in the future. Uh, but so, what are your what are your closing thoughts? I've been over here talking my ass off for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's that's all right, man. I uh, actually, you know, it's it's kind of a good thing that you did because I've, I, when we started this, uh, when we, when we started this episode, I had a, a pounding headache and I still kind of do. So um, mm. I, I do appreciate you kind of taking it over a little bit. But, uh, dude, I fucking love this movie. I, I find myself revisiting this movie um, quite a quite a bit. Um, just, just because, just mostly because of the visual style over anything else. Um, the story itself is 
you know, it's okay. It's fine. It's a good story. Um, but I, I, lately, this time around, I kind of really liked it because of the um, the ultimate alternate history elements. Um, that that that's really one of the big things that stuck out this time for me. But um, yeah, man, it's it's definitely a good. It's a good movie. Um, it it doesn't deserve to get the shit. Uh, sorry, it doesn't deserve to get shit on um, like it like it does. Um, and yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Uh, by the way, sorry, the Watchmen TV show. It's created by Damon Lindelof. Sorry, who did Lost? Um, oh. Yeah, so he's yeah he's he's creating that. Um, and also, it's starring the guy who's going to be the villain in Aquaman, which is cool. But yeah. Okay, oh, word. Yeah, what I, do you think about uh, Watchmen? Give me your closing thoughts. I think that uh, I think that as far as superhero stories go, um, as as far as superhero films, Dark Knight is the best comic book film of all time, in my opinion. I think it's hard to debate that a lot. I agree. I, don't, I, th- I think it's I think it's great, but I would say that Watchmen is definitely as a film, like in the top three. But as far as like a story, like comic book, it's the best comic book of all time in my opinion from what I've read you know I haven't read obviously a sh- uh, every single comic book on the face of the earth um, but I god damn I love that story it's brilliant and it takes you know we're t- we're, you know now you know because we've had we've had talks about Marvel fatigue and you know the you know oh my god just seeing the same story over and over and over again these guys were doing came up with this story in the early 80s where you know we've had this comic book you know our our three act structure and our hero gets the girl and rides off in the sunset we've had that going on for 50 years and these guys were kind of some of the first ones to take that and flip it on its head and give that a downbeat kind of ending and nowadays we see that a lot more in stuff we see where you know bad guys i mean look at the end of infinity war you know it's like we we see that a lot of movies but these guys were doing this shit back in the day before anybody ever saw that coming you know i I think that alan moore as difficult as a man as he seems like um his difficulties are equal in his genius with a lot of stuff. You know, we're talking about a guy who, um, we're talking about a guy who did V for Vendetta, Leave Extraordinary Gentleman, Swamp Thing, Watchmen. Uh, the guy is a fucking fantastic writer, um, and actually not doesn't draw shit. Uh, all of Watchmen was uh, drawn by Dave Gibbons, and I think colored by him as well, with a few additional people. Um, I do have a bit, just a little bitty 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 bit of trivia. Um, <clears throat> what did you think the budget was for this uh about 150 mil i think it's like 120 or 130 um but it only made 180 million back internationally um or i think that yeah i believe it's opening weekend it made about 55 million dollars in the u.s um so not i mean it ended up making its money back and a little bit more but not by much it is it is it is a hard uh rated movie and you know it's yeah it, like it is it is a pretty niche movie i think oh yeah for sure um <clears throat> there was something funny that i read that they were trying to um They've been trying to make this uh, since the late 80s. Uh, it was going to be directed by Terry Gilliam, and he was like, dude, there's no way. This needs to be a five-part miniseries. Uh, a, or, sorry, yeah, a five-part, five-hour miniseries at the cost of $1 million per page because CGI hadn't been made yet. This was in the uh, late 80s. Uh, Michael Bay was considered as a director in 2003. Uh, in 2004, the rights had been sold to Paramount, where Paul Greengrass uh, planned a loose adaptation set in the present day. Warner 
Warner Brothers soon reacquired the rights for Darren Aronofsky, uh, who also wanted a present-day setting, replacing Vietnam with Iraq and terrorism. But uncomfortable with that, uh, Warner hired Zack Snyder of 300 fame. Casting rumors over the years included <clears> – <throat> I had to clear my throat for this. Sigourney Weaver, John Hurt, Robin Williams, Doug Hutchinson, Daniel Craig, Simon Pegg, Glenn Hansard, Sean Penn, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dolph Lundgren, Keanu Reeves, Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Busey, Ron Perlman, Thomas Jane, Richard Gere, Kevin Costner, John Cusack, Walking Phoenix, Nathan Fillion, Jamie Lee Curtis, Hillary Swank, Jessica Biel, Hillary Duff, Tom Cruise, and Jude Law. And Jesus the, Christ. Yeah, <laughs> this you'll, is the crazy part. In the finish, killing me. In the finished film, Jackie Earl Haley is the only one of the seven primary cast members who was even in the film industry when the movie was first attempted. Wow. Like, it, it, they went through so many people trying to do it. It's like, oh, my God. Like, that's fucking nuts, man. Um, but all in all, just my closing thoughts. Uh, like I said, I fucking – I love the fuck out of this. I think Watchmen's one of the best, best stories of all time. Uh, I think this movie has some problems, um, some kind of plot hole sometimes. Like, yeah. Again, I can't really figure out how the fuck they knew what what Osmodeus was going to do. Uh, there's some weak parts, especially with uh, I honestly think with Night Owl and like Silk Spectre, um, comedian uh, comedian Rorschach and Manhattan Shine. They are like the all stars of this movie. Uh, but the movie ends up making such a better ending out of the comic book that. I think that you know the fact that they sealed it at the uh, the eleventh hour and did such a better job with the ending really really speaks to to something uh, on their end. The fact that you know right at the end of the film they didn't try to cram some giant squid in there and like shit the bed. Um, <clears throat> so I'm thankful for that, um, but I'm. Kind of sad that we've already done this uh, because I just – I love this movie so much and uh, I love Watchmen a lot. And I think that uh, I still I still don't think that this movie has gotten its day in the sun. I know I say that a lot, but it's just – it's really – you know it, it deserves a lot better of a reputation than it gets. It's definitely – I <sighs> – I want to say it's Zack Snyder's best movie. I like it more than 300 and definitely more than Batman versus hey, Superman. I, I, I'll, I'll agree with you that one. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. Word. Well, yeah, fuck it. Let's end it on that. Uh, if you guys want to check us out, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Midnight Double Feature. We also have the group that's attached to that. It's the after party. It's all one word. Uh, you can also email us at midnightdoublefeature at gmail.com or uh, there's also our Instagram, Midnight Double Feature. Um, yeah, definitely. And if you don't have any of the podcasting apps, you can always go to midnightdoublefeature.libsyn.com. Uh, and that's going to be in a lot of the uh, link and bios and our Instagram and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I think we've got a new episode uh, working right now, trying to figure that out and see what's going on. But until then, I guess we will catch you guys later. Later.